1: This is the Opening Drive Podcast
4: on 101 ESPN Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers When the
5: blues
6: go marching in
7: Oh, I want
1: to be in that number when
5: the, in. Oh, when the
0: blues go marching in Oh, when the
4: blues go marching in Oh, when the blues go marching in Oh, I want to be in that number When the blues go marching in
5: Oh, when the blues Go marching in, oh, when the blues go marching in. Oh, I want to be in that number when the blues go marching in. Oh, when the blues go marching.
7: Hey. Happy Friday Eve from the opening drive on 101 ESPN, 701. Time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler with Brooke Grimsley and a very fired up oh, Carrie Davis. Man, it doesn't take me much, man. Uh, just, just, just,
1: just a little music.
7: And then I'm, I'm, it's a wall that i would be ready to run through. That was so cool. A couple of years ago, the blues cool. enlisted the help of the St. Louis Symphony Orchestra. Mm-hmm. And obviously a lot of St. Louisans to put that video oh, together. And it's awesome. And the blues start tonight. Game one of this Stanley Cup championship 23 24 season. The Blues at Dallas, 6 o'clock pregame, 7 o'clock faceoff here on 101 ESPN.
2: Did you just say Stanley Cup's that champions?
7: Just okay. Happened.
2: I just I just wanted to refresh. Yeah, you little, think uh, that's going to happen?
7: A little proof that uh, the folks at the Athletic really have no idea what they're talking about. What they're George? supposed to be a hockey organization, and we love Jeremy Rutherford. And it's uh, not Jeremy. No, it's not. They just uh, uh, they, they don't like St. Louis for some reason. That's fine. They don't like Bennington. That's fine. We'll show them.
2: They don't seem to like Baruby either. I sent no. you guys the article yesterday. They basically had him second on the list for the likelihood of being fired. Yeah.
7: Why don't they call Jr. They work with Jr. Why don't they call Jr. <laughs> and ask him if if Baruby is safe? It's a pretty simple phone call or text to make. Jr. Jr. Text us right now. All you have to do is say Jr. You can text Jr. time, day or night, mm-hmm. and ask, Hey, is Baruby like on the hot seat? And Jr. <laughs> will text you back. He works with you, athletic people. Come
2: on. Yeah, and he'll say... Sure, he has some answers. Yeah. Yeah.
7: So anyway, the Blues blues are going to have a really good season in 23-24, and we're excited to have them as your home of Blues hockey here on 101 ESPN. Chris Kerber and Joe Vitale will have the call tonight here on 101 ESPN, and it's going to be pretty cool. This is my favorite time of year. I love the start of the hockey season. Football in full swing. You get the NBA season going, and you have the baseball playoffs which have been even though the the series themselves haven't been incredible the games have been pretty amazing.
2: They have been. I guys, the Dodgers implosion in the postseason is still just very uh I don't know if it's weird or is it expected at this point. Yeah, I, I Maybe the Dodgers don't expect it, but it feels like everybody else just sees it coming. But it felt like it was done after game one with everything yep. that happened with Clayton Kershaw. Felt like that was over with. The Diamondbacks, honestly, I have to give them all the props because I, I felt like I was looking at them in a way that I didn't expect them to do this. Well, here's
7: the thing, Brooke. If you look at the Dodgers and the Diamondbacks, the Diamondbacks have built a club that will guarantee them a pennant. The Diamondbacks spent all that money and they put together like an all-star team. Mm -hmm. And so they're guaranteed to not only make the playoffs, it doesn't matter who gets hot at playoff time, the, the Diamondbacks were going to be that team because of the money that they spent and the players and the group they put together. The Dodgers really had no chance because all the Dodgers really wanted to do when they got Betts and Freeman and signed, re-signed Kershaw and all that. All, I all they wanted say. to do was make the playoffs and hope they got hot.
2: <laughs> you know, silly me for like believing in the regular season and maybe that that has a factor or that maybe spending a lot of money has a factor. But the Diamondbacks of what they've built, Tony Lavello, too, is just a very good manager. Just watching him and how he goes about his business. I was telling you, I think the commonality that I see between all the managers that are left right now is that they're leaders of men. And that might sound silly because obviously you're leading men, but I think there's a difference. We've all, you know, worked at a job where you had a boss. You're like, how in the world are you leading an organization right now? You shouldn't be. You're not a true leader. That's something that you can't. You know, fake—that's something you can't manufacture. It's something that is built through life experiences, and some people are just meant to be leaders. I think Tony Lovello is that—the way that his guys trust him, he trusts them. Oh, and by the way, the Diamondbacks spending that money on Corbin Carroll for that 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 extension—that paid off.
7: Smart. There's a local team that could take some advice from that mm. let's start with philadelphia and atlanta the braves taking the lead on an Oz- ozzy albies single last night in the third inning but in the bottom of the third this game at philadelphia nick castellanos brought the crowd to its feet
1: the lead things for the phillies and castellanos way back into left field and we are tied just like that
7: oh but that wasn't it brandon marsh reaches base trey turner reaches base and you thought the crowd went crazy for Castellanos. How about this?
1: Stays put. And there's a high fly ball! Deep right field! Harper watches it fly!
7: Harper did really watch it. And then he watched Orlando Arcia for a moment, too, as he rounded the bases. Oh, yeah.
8: I mean, there was a... I guess there was some some talk after that game from the Braves. And uh, I guess an attaboy Harper. They, yep. they, they were happy that he got doubled off. And Again, I didn't have a problem with what Bryce Harper did. He was taking a chance. He was trying to score a run. Unfortunately, it didn't Mm -hmm. happen in game two. But they were fired up. And I I love it. For me, any time you get a chance to – do your job and, and let the opposing player know, yeah, it's going to be a long day, buddy. I'm, I'm Sign me up for that.
2: That's what I'm saying. I know that some people on social media and just seeing people react to it are like, no, this shouldn't be going on. That should have stayed in the clubhouse. But as a reporter, once you enter the clubhouse, you usually do mm-hmm. describe the atmosphere, what players are saying. Players are aware that once reporters are in that clubhouse, everything that you say you do is essentially being recorded, reported yeah. on. And maybe he didn't necessarily mean it in that way but to me i think that if you say it then you mean it and he said that A he times. yeah and he said that he meant to say it he just didn't think it was going to get out of the clubhouse. Well, and with Bryce Harper, I think it was it was all dramatic. But I think Bryce Harper likes even building up things even mm-hmm. more. I'm sure he mentioned afterwards that his teammates told him about it. They're probably like, ooh, yes, okay, let's get Bryce <laughs> Harper fired <laughs> up and it
8: works." Yeah, some players, a lot of players. We it it doesn't take much to get you going. Just anything, anything said or taken in the wrong type of context can get you going and fired up. And and that Phillies team was fired up last night. It was. Pretty
7: good. It was 6-1 after the third, and then in the fifth, Harper put his exclamation point on things.
1: Harper, high fly ball center field. He's watching. Harris turns. Harris leaps and it's gone. Harper with a rainmaker. And another stare down.
7: Seven to one Phillies. And it's turning into the Bryce Harper game. Again. It was the Bryce Harper game. He was outstanding. 10-2 was the final. And, oh, by the way, Aaron Nola just worked himself out of contention for a Cardinals starting position in the rotation because he probably made himself an extra $3 million a year last night with his five and two-thirds. He allowed two runs on six hits, struck out nine, and walked one. Pretty good. And he was electric for, with those nine strikeouts. For the Phillies and everyone else. Yeah. He's, so I, I, he probably went... And this is the way, just the way baseball works. He probably went from that 210 that we talked about, seven years in 210, probably added about $3 million a year to his salary. <laughs> so probably 231 now yeah. over seven years.
8: It's pretty good. Yeah. For him. Again, yeah. oh, not my. for us.
7: No. <laughs>
2: I was gonna say, the, the checkbook, is that coming out? Ready to write oh, all those extra yeah, zeros. Oh, that'll
7: make you rise up in the payroll rankings, yeah. won't it? Now, the late game last night was also pretty wild. It was a scoreless game in the third when Arizona went bananas.
1: Geraldo Perdomo starts it in the bottom of the third. And here's Perdomo. Look at this. Hayward back at the fence. Can't get it done. He hit to Del Marte if it's fair, and it is, and this ball is way gone. Well, this is what you know about Lance Lynn. He gives out, up homers. But two in on a pair of solo homers. And here's Christian Walker. And here's another shot to deep left, down the line, and gone! Three solo homers in the inning. And here's Moreno, has the home run erased, and then hits the next pitch to the moon. There's your fourth home run.
7: You heard Bob Costas on TNT. Gabriel Marino had hit a line drive home run down the right field line. It was reversed because it was actually foul. Very next pitch, he hits for another home run. Four home runs, a major league postseason record in the inning for the Diamondbacks, who win the game 4-2 and eliminate the Dodgers three games to none.
8: Well, the Dodgers had a few issues. Starting pitching (laughs) being one. Mm -hmm. Uh, If I'm adding this up right, the starting pitchers went three, four, and two-thirds. For three games? Four and two-thirds for the, amongst yeah, three the pitchers. Yeah. Three starters give you four and two-thirds in three games. You're not going to win.
5: Mm-hmm.
8: Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman, your best two players, your MVP candidates, go one for 21 yeah. in the series. You aren't going to win. You can stop right there. You don't have to look at any more numbers. No. Don't go any further. Do not pass. Go. Do not collect $200. It's over. If your best players don't perform, your starting pitchers don't perform, wow, Wait a minute, hold on. What your starting pitchers don't perform, your re- relievers don't pitch too many innings, and then they don't perform, and your stars don't do well every time. What does that lead to?
7: Losses in the playoffs. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm wondering or not making the yeah. playoffs. If you're the Dodgers, not that Nolan Arenado has been a great postseason performer, but does getting knocked out of the playoffs again? prompt you to revisit perhaps nolan Arnato
2: oh are we stirring that pot i'm now? just
7: wondering if that might be something that that they would be interested
2: hmm, in because the, the trade deadline rumors were swirling right. around with the dodgers and nolan Arnato this season possibly yeah. you could see him especially if he gets frustrated even more with and, and some of the offseason moves right. or lack of moves right. again. And
7: their first choice, the Dodgers' first choice, is obviously going to be Otani. Because yes. they would get him as a pitcher next year. They should be in on Nola or Snell. Their bullpen is really good. Mm-hmm. But as you said, CD, that is just not worthy starting pitching you can't win with the starting pitching no, they had. and i know they didn't have may they didn't have bueller they didn't have arias they didn't have their starting rotation all they had was a really diminished clayton kershaw but it had to be better that's the bottom line do you get you a healthy bueller back is he good next year coming off of a full year off of tommy john nobody knows does bobby miller ascend does emmett sheehan ascend Urias isn't coming back. No. Uh, Dustin Mays not going to be back until late next year. So they got to do something. They, they, the first order of business in L.A., kind of like here in St. Louis, has to be starting pitching. And again, you, uh, that's one of the
8: problems that the Cardinals are going to run into, the multiple suitors for a limited number of players, and some of those suitors are going to be willing to pay more money. In It'll,
2: the words of Mark mm-hmm. Stoop, you would have to be ready to pony up. Yeah, pony up. Right. Pony yeah. up. Yeah.
7: Yeah. <laughs> is that oh, the new the way,
2: motto now, moving
7: yeah. forward? Right. <laughs> uh, the small sample size. This is not fair, because Nolan Arnauto hasn't played in the playoffs much, but Max Muncy is a really good playoff player, and I'm sure that that would be one of the guys the Cardinals would be interested in if they were going to move a guy like Arenado. And they're, they're about the same age. So if you're the Dodgers, you might say, you know what, I'll take the cheaper guy who's been better in the playoffs and had a better power year last mm-hmm. year than Arenado. In the American League, Houston advances to the ALCS with a 3-2 win over the Twins. 1-1 game, fourth inning. Uh, uh, Alvarez on base and Jose Abreu at the plate.
1: In the air, well-struck right center. Looking back on it, and that is top of the fence. Is it gone? It is. Boy, that was crushed by Jose Abreu. This time he goes the opposite field. He had two pulled to left yesterday. He is on fire right now. His third and two games in Minneapolis. And he puts the Astros on top. Three to
7: one. And they win it by a score of three to two. Jose Urquiti, five and two thirds. He allowed two runs on three hits, and then their bullpen shut him down, Hector Naris, with an inning and a third scoreless Abreu, Brian Abreu, not Jose. And then Ryan Presley came in to close things out. And it's Houston and Texas for the American League Championship. This should be a good matchup.
2: That should be a shootout down in, in Texas. Down in Texas. Yep. Can you say that probably? I don't know. Yeah,
8: you can in yeah. Texas. Yeah, they, no, they shoot everybody. No.
7: Randy? <laughs> they do, yeah. No. A, they they <laughs> duel. Oh, yeah, that's it. They duel. Oh. That's what it's going to be. It's going to be a they duel. They
8: have, have an old school duel.
7: Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. You have it. Uh, the ALCS is set, and Philadelphia one game away from meeting Arizona for the National League Championship <laughs> <laughs> Series. Coming up here on 101 ESPN, we want to hear from you. We want to get your text 314 399 9646 314 399. Yo ho! Sick of it, is coming your way on this Thursday, Friday Eve on 101 ESPN.
1: You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN.
4: Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.
7: Uh-oh, something bad happening from Matthew Rocchio. You want to share it? No, we're good. Okay. What? Is that okay.
2: You were laughing at something.
6: Sometimes we get, we get odd texts during some of these segments. Oh, oh okay. Okay. I just I just wonder I'm just like okay how's your day going that that's what you Okay. That's what you woke up and picked up your phone
7: for? Okay.
2: Wake up and choose violence. <laughs> hey,
7: if you want to watch us on the YouTube, you can. Just go to YouTube.com and type in 101 ESPN. We'd love to have you subscribe to the 101 ESPN channel. It's all brought to you by Air Alliance Team, so uh, check it out. Sick of It is right now. The text line is open for you. Whatever your text might be. Maybe you woke up angry. Maybe you woke up on the wrong side of the bed. But we still, we, we kind of like uh, angry texts now and then. We get we get a charge on them. 314-399-964 six three one four three nine nine yo uh okay so there's a lot to to be sick of but uh i'm sick of our friends and they they are our friends up in bristol continuing to talk about the possibility of the dallas cowboys as a super bowl <laughs> contender
2: no they're not they,
7: they're talking about it you you realize and this is my favorite stat for cowboys fans St. Louis has been in an NFC championship game and Super Bowl more recently than See, Dallas has. St. Louis doesn't even have a football team. We don't team even right have now. a team and we mm. haven't had one for 8 years. Mm. Huh. There are Okay, the last time the Dallas Cowboys were in a Super Bowl was 1995. My son was 1 he's 29 it's been a while it's been a minute yeah. let's not talk about and I don't wish this upon well maybe some people uh, <laughs> but let's not talk about the Cowboys being in a Super Bowl until Jerry Jones is not with us anymore
2: oh my gosh okay. oh my gosh
8: okay, okay. How, how much Fair? how, wait, wait, wait. how uh, much time do I, th- I think he's going to retire Oh, that not with us in that Oh way. no, yeah, right. No, I'm Did sorry.
5: You say about Did, five read? years. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right.
7: Yeah, retiring.
2: Yeah. Uh, it kind of the way you phrase that kind of <laughs> I, I implies I'm that they will not as, be with us oh, on this earth oh, oh, anymore. No. Oh
7: Well, okay, fine.
2: <laughs> Either way.
7: You guys, whichever you guys, comes you first. You guys read me so well.
2: <laughs> <laughs> There's an AI generated version of him, so he will uh, it'll, live it'll on forever. forever. Yeah, that's uh, a,
7: and that's a good thing because that means the Cowboys will never win a Super Bowl. There you go. You know what I'm sick of? I'm sick of people complaining
8: about the playoff format. You know, you, you make it, you, you play to win the game. Mm-hmm. You make it there. You can't win if you're not in. And so, if you're in there, just play better. Yeah. The, the, the Dodgers, they didn't play well. And so, therefore, you don't get to win. It has nothing to do with, there with a hot team and our guys had to rest. Yeah, it, rest is a good thing, especially mm-hmm. when you've played 162 games. It's good to rest your body mentally and, and you know, get a physically and mentally get a rest. Get a, get a respite. Yeah. But. Complaining about it isn't going to make it better.
7: No, it's not the format. It's
8: you. <laughs> it's you. It's not me. It's
2: you. Right. <laughs> play better. I think that that's simply what it is. Yeah. It's, a,
7: it's a, one of the great lines in sports. Don't like it? Play better.
2: Well, you know, if the Dodgers didn't have that many days off, it would have been completely different, right? Yeah, right? Oh, yeah.
7: Completely different. Completely, yeah. yeah. Right.
8: That, that was what happened.
2: Mm-hmm. that was the it nothing else
8: clearly just didn't they had so much time off you they know didn't
7: what? know what to do maybe maybe the diamondbacks <laughs> having merrill kelly and uh and zach Gallen makes a difference
2: mm. mm. tory lovello guys, corbin carroll mm-hmm.
8: gosh
2: darn it
7: yeah, they he got, sounds so familiar I wish we had him
2: yeah i need a guy like that seems like he would be a great cardinal anywho uh pick
7: your first baseman paul goldschmidt or christian walker I, mm, i'm going paulie All right, i'll go paulie paul G. goldschmidt okay right i'm just uh, i'm i'm just asking for a response here I, I, i want a take
2: you want a hot take well how about this for a hot take guys what now you know what i am sick of right now is rule breaking schools essentially picking out their own punishments Guys, what could go wrong with that? So yesterday, the IARP announcing the Kansas men's basketball program, uh, I guess some of the rulings, if you could say the punishments, I'm going to put this in air quotes, for Bill Self and uh, Kansas basketball. And guys, um, the ruling has been a long time coming for nothing, essentially. So let me just tell you what came down. Three-year probation for Bill Self and Kansas men's basketball team. They will have to vacate its 2018 Final Four appearances and wins from that season. Okay, that stings a little bit. Bill Self went from getting five level ones to ultimately being charged with one level, three. That's it. No added suspensions for Bill Self, Curtis Townsend. They did those self-imposed suspensions for four games, if you guys remember that. Mm -hmm. And the biggest thing, no postseason ban whatsoever i don't know why i expected something to come from this i don't know why the that i thought that they would finally get it right when it comes to some of these rulings and with the whole independent entity looking into things i don't know why i thought this time it would be different and they wouldn't show that they obviously have favorites But I'm disappointed yet again, and that's what I'm sick of. To me, it doesn't make any sense, because I think about what Mizzou went through, specifically, where you got that postseason ban, and how is any of this fair? And I also think about what happened to those assistant coaches. You guys remember that? They lost their jobs, but also lost their careers because of that FBI investigation that happened back in 2017. And that's my other issue, is all the wasted time and resources for this
7: the ncaa is useless and has been for a long time think about, um not great no th- think about the idea of somebody robbing five banks and having video of it <laughs> and being charged with those five bank robbery felonies and then being able to plead down to misdemeanor theft that's what bill self did
2: that's what just happened
7: yeah
8: they do well you know
7: things happen I'm not saying it's right
8: don't think it's fair but I, Mizzou told on themselves, if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. when they when they self-imposed and and, and they gave Kansas just you, know, you figure out, find what you can
2: find. Do and, an and, investigation yeah, that lasts forever for nothing to ultimately come for, from it. And think about it from this perspective. If
7: you're the NCA, you had you announced five level one violations. And you don't find you don't get any punishment out of it. Out no. of five level one violations, that's pretty bad work by the NCAA. I would get rid of my investigators.
2: That's what I'm saying. Is what was the purpose yeah. of this whole independent investigation that they did? And for the NCAA, I think this continues to prove that I don't know what they are supposed to be doing anymore.
7: Oh, they're useless uh, the, because uh, the college football playoff and the the Power Four run right over them. There's no. nothing there. All right, what do we got in the text line there, Matthew?
6: Give uh, us your favorite it's, one. It's a weird one today. Okay, um, no, I'm gonna try to go normal. Uh, sick. Of, I'm sick of uh, preseason rankings and power rankings. Let the teams play before they rank
8: them. That might be a, a
6: blues fan. I think. Being I a think little angry that, at ESPN. that
2: feels like that. Well, yeah.
8: that's why it's called preseason. It's someone's opinion. Yeah, Pre-season. Mm-hmm. And that can change within a couple of weeks. And the
7: Blues have done that before, and that's all they have to do is they can prove those naysayers wrong. There, there,
8: there's nobody winning a championship in preseason.
7: No. So, I just, I, I just right. wish the naysayers were smarter, that's all.
8: Sick of it. I'm sick of the mullet not being in
6: style. What's wrong with America these days? I think
2: it is in style now, if, if I'm really not mistaken. Quinn Ewers
8: cut his off. So
6: Oh, did
2: he? Um, yeah. Does okay. that mark the end of the, so, of the mullet he, trend? Well, I
8: don't know. He, he was. I guess it's a uh, a ritual that they mm-hmm. had at their high school. Oh, okay. And so, you know, people thought he was kind of strange and, you know, a certain, you, you uh, were so a mullet, off, people yeah. would think have <laughs> why people would have preconceived notions of anyone because of their type of hair or if, any other reason. If you go life. back and look
7: at pictures, <laughs> <laughs> there's a, a very strong debate as to who had the best mullet in St. Louis sports history. Was it Brett Hall or was it Kelly Chase? Oh, I, More I for Chaser. Chaser. I see Chaser. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, I Chasers. Chasers are pretty good. Didn't Jamie than, Rivers kind of have a mullet? He had a great mullet, yeah. Craig Berube had a
2: mullet back yeah, in the day, did, too. Yeah.
6: I'm going to yeah. read the least weird of the weird batch, because there's something in the water in St. Louis okay. today. I'm sick of Randy taking off for golf when he works three hours a day. Come on, man.
7: Hey. <laughs> uh, you guys, weirdo. Guys, I will not Jesus. be here on... Monday, yeah. I'm going to be participating in the really? Hall of Famer Ozzie Smith Golf Tournament to vet, benefit PGA channel. reach, so uh, I'm doing it for the kids. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Thank you. I'm going
8: gonna, I'm gonna to do something for some kids here in a couple of days, too. Yeah, right. yeah, I was, a couple couple weeks. I
7: was, I was <laughs> gone on Monday and Tuesday. I was at the Brian Jordan Golf Tournament down in Atlanta to provide scholarships for underprivileged kids and to help Brian's reading program for to help literacy uh, I was doing it for the kids. That's our fault. So just whenever, whenever I'm not here, just remember, it's I'm not the, here for, for the, the children. kids. Yeah, that's, that, that's <laughs> us. When
6: we mentioned that you were gone on Monday and Tuesday, we only mentioned the golf. We neglected to mention the kids. Mm, that's it what, that's what it was. I'm, so I'm doing it to make fault. kids' lives
7: better. When I was gone, I, for my own golf tournament, it was for the kids. ECHS. Uh,
6: this is not from my burner. Uh, sick of this time of year. In the morning, I need heat. In the afternoon, I need yes. the AC. Why the heck do not I not live in San Diego? Yes. Oh. yes. 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 That is
8: that. Yes. Now, text her. I don't know. Yes, and yes, because it is ridiculous. It's so cold in the morning, and by the my house is like a scorcher. Mm-hmm. By the time I oh, get yeah. home, I'm like what the heck? What are we doing here? <laughs> yeah. What do we? What do you do with that? You just open the windows and pray. Uh, yeah, and close that's all you do. And, yeah. And, yeah. I don't know.
7: Welcome to St. Louis. <laughs> yeah. You want to do one more? Uh, Let's one do one of the weird got, ones. Yeah. can you give us one of the weird? Uh, uh, okay, give us whatever you got. That's fine.
6: I'm sick of Kansas City being more prosperous
8: than St. Louis. That's fair. That's I I get it. Don't, yeah. don't know. No, I no. haven't been there yet. Kansas City, you know, Michigan. Yeah, they're they're, they're, Can, they're Can, sitting uh, Kansas, Kansas City, Kansas are we talking about? No, it's oh. it's
7: just if you drive around the greater <laughs> Kansas City area. It's it's just Kansas City. I will I will, I will, I will give okay. them one credit.
6: It is a well laid out city filled with people that I would never want to spend
7: more than 24 hours with. Oh, come on. Their people are great.
8: Oh. Are we talking about the Missouri side or the Kansas side? Yeah.
7: Uh, the great state of Kansas. Yeah. Kansas.
8: Kansas City, Kansas. Okay. That's in
2: Kansas, right? Yeah, it's yeah, two yeah. of them, right?
8: We, I, I get so confused sometimes when we talk about Kansas well, City. The, 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 the,
2: the soccer easy. team plays <laughs> in Kansas, hence why they
8: are referred to Kansas. as Sporting Kansas. Sporting Kansas. Right. Because hmm. they're hmm. in Kansas. You, you, fair enough. Yeah, it's like right across the bridge. No one remembers half the time. Bridge. Right. Is it a bridge? It's, a, it's just a street. I mean, there are bridges. It's, it's just a street. I guess there even are have on, a I guess there are like streets. <laughs> there's
6: like a freeway, I think, that goes across the state line. It's a
8: street. There's, a, I mean, there's a state it's line a street, but there's yeah, like a, there's, there's a freeway like, there's, da-
6: that down the line, I think, crosses over get, the state there, line. There's a Wendy's right across
7: the state line. I've oh. been to that Wendy's to a, in Kansas before.
6: I, I went to like a uh, yeah. jazz bar, like right on state line. Huh? Ooh, great yeah. food, yeah. great music.
7: Yeah,
2: good for Kansas City, Kansas. They have a jazz bar and they have Wendy's. Sounds, All like right. <laughs> well, start, sounds like an like a to me. Yeah, yeah.
7: Rock, yeah, they, they, got, they got that going I
2: miss when Wendy's, remember when everything was the yellow wrapping? I feel like that was like prime oh, Wendy's. You know Yellows, what I'm talking yeah. about? Yeah.
7: Yeah. Yeah. They were at the top of their game then. They were. They were in their prime. <laughs> now they've kind of lost it.
2: <laughs> kind of scuffling.
7: Coming up next, we've got Greg Amsinger, MLB Network, talking some ball, talking some playoffs. Uh, I've got a question for uh, Greg Amzinger that uh, we're going to talk about more in the 8 o'clock hour. But uh, I've, I've got a question for him about his feelings about how baseball players and athletes operate. That's next on 101 ESPN.
5: The smartest way to do your homework.
0: You can choose to do it yourself with Hackman's expert advice, or they can recommend reputable contractors to do the work for you. Stop by and see Hackman's expanded paint department, too, with brushes, rollers, painter's tape, and four different lines of interior and exterior paint. Custom color match available. Visit Hackman Lumber's newly remodeled stores in St. Peter's and Pacific, or their showroom in Troy, Missouri. Hackman Lumber. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check.
1: Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN.
4: Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.
7: Brooke Grimsley, Carrie Davis, Randy Carricker. I am so appreciative of Greg Amzinger. Working late, especially at this time year, he works late into the night and gets, gets up early to talk to us. Uh, Greg Amzinger, lead anchor for MLB Network, product of St. Louis, uh, graduate of the Lindenwood University. How are you doing this morning, big boy?
9: You know, I got actually a bit earlier because I'm already trying to find you know, connections at private golf clubs in dallas and in houston so i, I mm. i'm really trying to line it all up man. i i the world series i, I don't want to brag but i'm just going to the world series ends up being a mancation for greg amson <laughs> i i don't have to do anything i do the post game show which i mean okay i'm reacting to the game do highlights whatever or it's not that hard i'm I, I probably, I should stop. It's really grueling work. It's hard. It's very difficult. And I don't have to do anything, but the game
7: starts. So, Greg, let me stop you so, here. Okay, so let me stop you here. So, what you're telling me is that you are in great locations. You're getting up 10, 11 in the morning, playing the finest golf courses in the in the world, going back to your hotel room, taking a shower, putting a suit on,
9: going whoa, whoa, and watching. Whoa whoa whoa, 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 slow down. Okay. Going back to my hotel and taking a
7: nap. Okay, go on. And then taking a shower, putting a suit on, going to a baseball game, and then reacting to the baseball game. Is this what you're telling me that you do? It's tough, man. It is not easy. It's not easy. Hard living.
9: Can we make sure. Can we make sure this this part of the interview doesn't go on the podcast that lasts forever because I don't want my boss to hear in this part,
7: okay? okay I have, uh, before we get to the playoffs, uh, I, I heard earlier in the week that Adam Wainwright had suffered a shoulder injury during the WBC, played with a torn labrum during the season, and was really, uh, he, he wasn't, he shouldn't have been pitching during the season. I texted with him last night I said, hey, I've heard this. He said, yeah, this is what happened. It got worse and worse as the season went along. His 2nd le- last start in Baltimore, his shoulder capsule blew out so he is pitching without lubrication his shoulder uh, joint, the ball into the, into the socket completely dry, bone on bone my question for you Greg Amsinger, opinion do you think that Adam Wainwright should have been pitching do you appreciate an athlete that does that or do you say no, he should have gone on the shelf
9: he deserves the right to make that call, and I got to tell you, you know, my, my dear friend Dan, please, pitched 18 years in the big leagues. He knows pitching better than anyone I know personally. Uh, it's incredible to watch him watch pitchers every night on MLB tonight, and the night of Adam Wainwright's 200th career victory, we have the ballpark cameras located in, in center field and in every dugout, so we can watch in between innings. Uh, Whatever we want to see, we can zoom in on anything. So we're coming back. We're covering this story. We want Adam Wainwright to get his 200th win. And he's on the mound warming up. This is specifically in between the first and second innings that night he won his 200th game. And Dan Polisak goes, Greg, on the air, he goes, this is hard to watch. And I go, what is it? He goes, Adam Wainwright looks like a position player who's warming up pitch in a baseball game right now. And we're watching this grown man lob baseballs into the home home plate. He goes, he has nothing left. He's like, this is an injured athlete. I go, Dan, Dan, we can't really you know act like we're doctors on live T V. We've got in trouble <laughs> for that before and he's like, oh, Greg, I'm telling you right now, he should never throw another baseball at you tonight. Hmm. Even if he doesn't get the two hundred wins. This is an injured man. Trying to pitch. This is blood and guts tonight, Greg. This is what he says on the air. It gave me chills. And after he gets his 200th win, seven scoreless. Right? Mm-hmm. We. I, I told our producers, and I don't want to put you on the spot, but I think what you said was really it's provocative, and I want you to stand by it. So we re aired Dan Plesac's commentary that we aired live already, but in case someone just tuned in. This is what Dan said about a guy that had seven was in a Major League Baseball game against the best team in a division. And he came back on camera and goes, Greg, I'm telling you right now, I don't know anything what's going on in this, in this man's body. He's injured. You, I've seen guys warm up before. He's in pain throwing a baseball. And he should never throw another baseball again. And he was 100% right. Mm-hmm. To see Adam Wainwright do that was... Uh, St. Louis is gritty, man. We love baseball players that lay it all out there, right? We do. That is why Adam Wainwright's a legend in St. Louis. He fits the baseball obsession. Two hundred wins for him is 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 going to at least five to ten. Cardinal games every summer for a family of eight in South St. Louis. That is the equivalent. We gotta go. We gotta watch these guys play. Adam Wainwright had to play. He had to give it all. And what a great way to look back. You, know, you you look at life, I don't want to get too deep and too philosophical, but I look at my life like a car, right? By the end of my life, I don't want the transmission working. I want the tread of my tires worn off. I don't want the radio working anymore. I'm gonna turn this thing in and it's a joker. It's done I want God to know I got every mile out of this vehicle. Adam Wainwright got every pitch out of that right shoulder. It's a beautiful thing.
2: Well, Greg, we already got some texts coming in about this. What do you have to say to the people who say that it was selfish of him to continue?
9: Whoa. I I mean, look, if they were in the mix for a wild card spot, I, I could see their angle. Okay. And to me, everything happens for a reason. If he, if he would have uh, called it last year, right, let's say he decided I'm going to go hang it up with Albert and Yachty. I don't get the 200 career wins. i got to be honest with you. I, I, I've been covering the Hall of Fame election announcements every year for 15 years. I don't know if he gets in. I know that in St. Louis, oh, blasphemy. No way. He's guaranteed to be in the Hall of Fame. He's a borderline Hall of Fame candidate. But to get to 200 wins, writers are going are gonna to ask themselves, how many guys are going to get to 200 wins? Going forward, is this mm-hmm. number going to look differently in 10, 15, to 20 years? So it's a big number. And it's, look, these numbers matter. Clayton Kershaw is going to come back next year. Why? He's 56 <laughs> strikeouts away from 3,000. Did, did Clayton Kershaw look like a Cy Young contender in game one of the series against the Diamondbacks? He got one dude out. But no matter what is coming out of his hand at the age of 36, Clayton Kershaw's coming back to get to 3,000 strikeouts. The legends earned that right. And as baseball fans, who we all think we're smart enough to be GMs, sometimes you just got to side and blindly follow the people that know more than us. Adam Wainwright knew himself. He knew the situation at hand. Cardinals were out of it. It gave fans something to cheer about. There was nothing to celebrate at the end of that year. So no, it wasn't selfish. It gave us all one of our favorite memories of 2023, a year that all Cardinal fans need to go get therapy to forget. No, it wasn't (laughs) selfish.
8: Greg, you hit on – let's switch to the uh, playoffs. You hit on the uh, Clayton Kershaw debacle and and the Dodgers. What did you make of that series? And and Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman, the starting pitchers, it just went downhill early on for for those guys.
9: It's not just the Dodgers, a crazy nugget, right? The five best teams in baseball for 2023, the five best records in baseball when it combined one and 12 in this postseason, one and 12. What does that tell you? Now I, it's, it's kind of an inexact science, but I look at baseball as two different sports crammed into one calendar year, right? You have the marathon version of baseball, which is 162. You need guys that can help you win 162. Then you have the sprinting form of baseball, which every pitch matters. You've got a bullpen in your way. Starting pitchers never go longer than six innings ever in a postseason game. And, and this is the different brand of baseball you see in October, and it's just it happened to be the case where a couple of those 100-win teams were teams that were decimated by injuries by the end of the year, didn't have a lot of experience on the roster like the Baltimore Orioles, didn't have a lot of depth like the Tampa Bay Rays, and, and here you are, or I'll even say the Los Angeles Dodgers. You could navigate your way through Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman, breaking balls the entire bats, both guys, and they were like, you know what, J.D. Martinez and Max Munster are going to beat me. Th- that was the motto, and you saw Mookie and Freddie not take the walks. They went up there and they pressed. They had to do something. They, they could not walk. Corey Seager can walk five times in a game, and the Rangers can win because the Rangers have a ton of firepower after Corey Seager. But Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman can't walk five times, and the Dodgers win the game. So it was a team built with depth like the Rangers are right now compared to a team that was top-heavy with stars like the Dodgers where Betts and Freeman had to be great, and Clayton Kershaw had to look like he was 26, not 36, and it didn't work out.
4: Greg, what do you
7: make of the fact that Dusty and Bochi and either Thompson or, um, or Brian Snitker and then uh, Tori Lavello, they're going to be your, your final four managers standing? What, what do you make of those four?
9: Well, every year the managerial position gets watered down in terms of its relevance in the game. And I hope we pay attention, especially the ALCS. These are two iconic old school managers. I'll just go into the, the the pivotal game for for the uh, um, Houston Astros. Pivotal, right, in Minnesota. Rocco Baldelli, before the game starts, has a pitch count, has an inning count, I'll put it that way, no, a batter count for his starter, Joe Ryan. What does that mean? He's only going to face the lineup two times until he gets to Jordan Alvarez. He will not face Jordan Alvarez twice. Joe Ryan, no matter what comes out of his hands, knows before the game he's essentially facing 11 batters. Hey, Joe Ryan, guess what you are today? You're an opener. You're an opener, okay? And by the way, every baseball player, they're all alpha males in their own mind. So you're just an opener now, Joe Ryan. Whereas Jose Urquidy, who doesn't have the stuff that Joe Ryan has, is told by his manager, Dusty Baker, you are on a performance watch, If I like what you're doing on the mound, if I like what's coming out of your hand, I'm not going to say you're out of the game. Uh, You're in there, dude. I want to leave you in. Because he believed in the starting pitcher. This this psychological thing called confidence somehow is injected into athletes at times. And when it is, when it is, that's called leadership. When you can get more out of an athlete because of the way you manage the athlete, you are truly leading. And what we've come to realize when you see these old school managers all thrive is leadership still matters in sports. We're trying to take it away. We're trying to have all the the smart guys up in 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 the press box with the GM and the president of baseball operations. We want them to manage the game. But guess what? They're not next to the men that are playing the game. So you can't lead if you're not next to. And that is the big fracture in baseball right now. And that's why I hope the industry recognizes that leading men still matters. And if it does, if it does matter, we need more old school managers like Bochi, like Baker. Tori Lovello is one of the best managers in the sport. I said it when the Diamondbacks lost over 100 games. It wasn't his fault they were rebuilding. Who's a better option than Tori Lovello, who I interviewed last night and said he's going on a 24-hour bender and to keep our <laughs> ballpark cameras on the little pool in the outfield because he might be floating on the top of that water at 5 a.m. So I made sure we had a PA keeping an- an eye on that pool in case Torrey got a little too wild but it's a great thing to see leaders thrive in baseball again.
2: Greg is there something that the Cardinals can learn from any of these teams left standing as they approach the offseason and make a lot of big decisions here if they want to turn things around quickly is there a model with one of these teams left standing that you believe that they could follow or look to?
9: Yeah absolutely look I, I, spending money actually does win every once in a while. (laughs) That actually actually plays out. I mean, I want to be straight up honest with you. There are industry uh, front office folks who rolled their eyes and giggled to each other over what the Texas Rangers did. When Chris Young took over, uh, John Daniels out in Arlington and a former big league pitcher, I get it. He went to Princeton, but he's still he's still a quote unquote jock. <laughs> giggle, giggle, his tisk, tisk. They don't really know what they're doing because they played. If you played major league baseball. Boy, are you biased. Why are you doing this? Why are you making decisions? He goes and gets Jacob DeGrom, and then Jacob DeGrom falls apart. Then he goes and and, and spends even more money to get a guy like Andrew Heaney, who everyone looked at and was like, what value is Andrew Heaney going to have? And why are you giving him a multi-year deal? This makes no sense at all. Then at the deadline, you go get a role as Chapman, and they're like, okay, it was a nice story in Kansas City, but he really wasn't pitching any meaningful innings. Good luck with that. Chris Young, and and before that, he goes and brings back Bruce Bochy, and if you're a front office analytical guy, you're like, oh oh my goodness, one of the the stalwarts of our movement, the San Francisco Giants, couldn't wait for Bruce Bochy to get out of the helm as manager of the San Francisco Giants. Good luck with that, Chris Young. Oh, you're going to trade for Max Scherzer? He's busted. This isn't going to work. He's not going to help you. He's not going to motivate a turnaround to help you get into the playoffs. They have been rooting against Chris Young and the way the Rangers have done things, spending money. i got to be honest. As you look at the future of baseball, it it was a pivotal thing to watch the Baltimore Orioles enter the playoffs. They have no money invested in that roster. This is the product of losing. So, yes, Michael well done. Did a good job drafting players when you're picking in the top five. That's great. You have to do that well. And he didn't miss. Gunnar Henderson, Adley Rushman, great decisions. But there is skin in the game. When you have to tell your owner, hey, let's spend $100 million on this guy. They didn't do that yet. So the Orioles will see how they manage this roster going forward. The Arizona Diamondbacks, they give $100 million to a kid that really never played in the big leagues, Corbin Carroll. That was a, that was a gutsy thing to do. And Corbin Carroll's worth more than $100 million. They were 100% right. So there are, there are a bunch of different ways and examples for the Cardinals to look at all these teams and go, Hmm, maybe we should invest in our starting rotation and go big on free agents. Maybe we should have locked up Jordan Walker before he really had a full year in the big leagues like the Diamondbacks did with Corbin Carroll. There were ideas out there that pause with the answer. Let's pause. Well, these other teams didn't pause and now they're playing really late into October.
7: You probably won't see it on national TV, but you can tell us you're rooting for the Diamondbacks, aren't you?
9: <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> you're rooting for I love all You're rooting for Arizona.
7: There. I love all 30 teams. Okay, Greg, last week in October, would you rather play golf in in Arizona or in Philadelphia?
9: <laughs> there's some beautiful courses uh, in Philadelphia. And, oh, man, that fan base. And, and there's just something about wearing a really long coat on television and seeing your breath when you start a show. Because <laughs> it's really cold. Mm-hmm. There's something really beautiful in that. So if that would be the case and we go to Philadelphia, I, I am totally fine I'm totally fine. I have, I have, uh, you know, there's nothing wrong with wearing a stocking cap when you tee off in the morning. It's not <laughs> yes, preferred. <there> <laughs> not preferred, but you'll do it because it's for the love of the game, Randy. It's for the love of the
7: game. Okay, love it. Hey, you're the best. Thanks so much for the time. We appreciate it, and uh, we will talk to you soon. All right, guys. Take care. See you, Greg. Greg Amzinger, you can see him tonight on MLB Tonight on MLB Network. Coming up, get your text in to the Air Comfort Service. Text line 314 399 9646 Yo-ho! We have Take It or Leave It coming your way on 101 ESPN.
4: You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It's time for Take It or Leave It. Want to say something? Put it out there.
7: Grimsley and Carrie Davis. I'm Randy Carricker. Matthew Rocchio is also here and we've got Take It or Leave It. Get your text in right now. Kids, TMZ reporting that Swifty is going to be at the Chiefs-Broncos game tonight <laughs> in Kansas City. Right now, Travis Kelsey is questionable for the game with an ankle injury. Did not practice on Monday. Limited participation on Tuesday and Wednesday. Questionable for the game. Take it or leave it. Travis is up in the box with Swifty tonight. I'm going to leave it. Uh, you want it now. Here's the thing.
8: <laughs> if you would like to watch the Kansas City Chiefs team implode, yeah, go sit in the box. Mm-hmm. Because if it. you aren't able to play, and you aren't going to be out there helping your team. You can't be in the press box with uh, Taylor Swift. No, you got to be on the sideline. You got to be on the sideline. So, plan. but if you want to be on, if you if you want to see it, you know, just blow up in the middle of the season. Go ahead, it'd be great. <laughs> Why not? That's not <laughs> that. Let me tell y'all something. I, I saw a teammate, a, a very well known teammate, took a day off of practice. It was hot outside. And he was a veteran, and it was other veterans. He didn't have practice that day, and the other veterans had practice. And one veteran was very upset that the that veteran was in a tinted booth with AC while the rest of us were outside practicing. Veteran that was practicing wanted to fight veteran in the in the <laughs> booth, and uh, it was a uh, did was you win the funny. fight? They didn't. They didn't fight. Oh,
7: it was. It was. I figured that would have been something. No, he was in the the tent, and and
8: you know the veteran in the tent said, "Hey, man, how you gonna catch me? We gonna fight in the phone booth? You're not never gonna catch me. So we're not gonna fight. (laughs) He's pretty fast. (laughs) Other guy wasn't as fast. So yeah, it was. If you if you want things to go bad, Mm -hmm. let one person do something while the other ones are working and trying to figure out how to win again. I don't think Andy Reid learned that. Not gonna
2: happen. Probably not.
8: So we were uh, talking about the Major League Baseball playoffs and how well it's going. Take it or leave it. We see a rematch of last year's World Series.
7: Ooh.
2: Ooh. Um. I want something different, so I'm going to well, leave it. Yeah, I, I don't. <laughs> I don't want to see the Diamondbacks.
8: I'm Diamond going to take it. I'm going to take it. No offense uh, to those guys. Yep. I want you want star power. You want
2: the guys. What about the Rangers? <sighs> no, you know what?
7: I, I, I'm changing my mind. The, the, the Diamondbacks are a team of destiny. They're the oh
8: no. Philadelphia is a team of destiny. No, no going to be a rematch, yeah. and Philly wins. Oh well, mm. this year
7: Arizona de- deserves a championship. They haven't had one in a while. Hmm. In ever? Uh, what other sports? They won two two thousand one World Series. The Diamondbacks oh, did, but Suns have never won. No, Coyotes have never won. Mm. Cardinals have never won. Gosh darn it.
8: Hmm.
2: Mm. Yeah. Maybe just maybe. I'm glad the
8: Cardinals didn't win one. <laughs> Stretch <Yeah>. myself.
2: Yeah. <laughs> 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 Arizona
8: Cardinals lost that one. Sorry about it, fellas.
2: Take it or leave it, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Take it or leave it, guys. Um, in honor of the Blues starting their season tonight, I'm gonna make a prediction of who's going to score the first goal of the season. Take it or leave it, it's gonna be Pavel Buchnevich. I'm leaving
7: it. Who are you going? Jordan Cairo. I'm going hmm. Jacob Fronter. Ooh, I like Ooh. that. I like them all. I like all of our choices.
2: Who's Jacob?
7: Yes sir. Yakub. No, he called himself chicken. I know. It's Yakub Barnes. And then we have Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yakub Barnes. Part of okay. Four Horsemen. Mm-hmm.
6: <laughs> I'm going to go with the, uh, the I'm going to go with uh, Alexei Torpchenko. Oh, oh. Torpchenko. Oh. I'm, oh. Gonna go I'm with going to go Grindy. Man. I'm going Grindy. I'm going Grindy for the first goal. You know, get a get a rebound, a somebody tips off somebody's body. No, there's no way to do a prop bet on that.
5: Oh. What? All right, we what do we through. got on the text
6: line? Take it or leave it. Every pro team cheats a little. It's just that the Patriots and Astros got
8: caught. Uh, Leave it. Hey, you ain't cheating. You ain't trying. No, not every time. When you say cheating a little, what are you referring to? Mm
5: -hmm. Cheating Mm
8: -hmm. to me is when you watch other teams. When you watch the film of other teams practice, that that is cheating. That's cheating. Banging Mm -hmm. on trash cans. That's cheating. Give you an answer of what pitch is coming. mm -hmm. is cheating. Uh, But you know, is, is stealing hand signals cheating? Because you you no, you do have gamesmanship and there, is there a written rule against it? No, I don't think so. So you know when they have their hand signals, they should change. No, if you
7: have the hand signals on video, that's different. Okay,
6: take it or leave it. As long as money is the primary moving factor, the regular season will start to matter less and less for Major League Baseball. Yeah, I'll take that.
2: I thought you were
8: gonna make that into a Cardinals thing somehow. No, Terry. <laughs> <Did I read? laughs> not
6: everything I do is about the Cardinals. Oh,
2: okay. Are you sure?
6: Name one time where I tried to slip uh, in a Cardinal's take. Uh, okay. Take it or leave it? Randy wants to fire the current manager and hire Joe Madden. Oh, I'm going to take it. No, simply
2: leave it. Are you leave sure?
8: I don't want to fire him.
2: Oh, you yeah. want to rehome?
8: Thank you. No. We don't, Randy, you, you're going to get a manager. You're going to get an old school manager in here that's going to be fighting, literally, going to the front office and fighting. Because he's not going to be able to manage.
7: That's... Uh, exactly right and he will not take the job unless he is allowed to manage that's what bruce Bochi's thing was that's why james click is no longer the general manager in houston but if you want experience and this is nothing against the current manager it's just a matter of my history of watching baseball and seeing experienced managers win championships I,
8: i do think that you know at some point like i told you i'll Every coach that I know that has gotten fired at some point says the next time I get a job, I'm doing it my way. If I'm going to get fired anyways, I might as well go out the way I want to. Yeah, and so then you, you know, feel better about so it. So, right? if you're a new manager or a current manager, just do it. If they're gonna fire you, they're gonna fire you. you. Might as well win games on the way out. Go out guns a blazing. Let me run more, one more
6: <laughs> quick one because it is Blues opening day. Take it or leave it. By the end of the season, Joel Horf- Joel Horf- Hofer is the starting goaltender. For leave, the it, Blues. leave it.
2: By the end of the season. By the leave
6: end it. of the season.
2: Let me not hear how Ooh. how Jordan that's like eight Vinny's months
6: away.
8: <laughs>
7: leave a it. A lot of time. Leave it.
8: Jordan Bennington is going to be. Brook, I, think, might I don't take
2: know, this. guys. I Whoa. I don't know if we're going to get a repeat of maybe Jordan Bennington and Billy Huso 2.0, but no. now with Joel Hofer. Wow. But then again, Jordan Biddington, the way that he finished things in the playoffs during that time, it worked out better for him. He was able to make his comeback, but I don't know. I And maybe this will be a different situation. You just took this. it, didn't you? So, uh, yeah, I'll take it. <laughs>
7: That's Brooke. That's Carrie. I'm Randy. Matthew, thank you very much. Coming up next, is it selfish for a player to try to use his body to wear it out to try to win for you? That's next on 101 ESPN.
1: You're back to the Opening Drive podcast on 101 ESPN.
4: Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It's the Opening Drive's fresh take.
7: Seven in St. Louis in the opening drive with Brooke Carey and Randy. He, Adam Wainwright, as it turns out, had a shoulder that was pretty much torn up all season long. During the World Baseball Classic, he suffered a labrum tear that got worse and worse as the season wore on. And then his capsule, which provides lubrication to the shoulder joint, he blew it out in Baltimore in his second to last start and essentially was going bone on bone in his 200th victory uh, for 2000 or in 2023 his 2000th career victory uh, was his last as a major leaguer and as adam traversed the season and tried to pitch obviously he was on the il a couple of times and so was Stephen matt so the cardinals options were dakota hudson who was having a terrible year down in memphis matthew libertor who would regress every time he arrived on the scene here jake woodford was hurt for most of the year uh They could have started Palante, I guess. But my question is this, and I know a lot of people think, oh, it was totally selfish of Adam Wainwright to pitch. Well, you could have gone, I guess, with a four-man rotation if you were the Cardinals, if you didn't have Wainwright. I am always appreciative of athletes that do everything they can to get on the field and to try to win. It doesn't always work out for the best. That happened with Kurt Warner in 2002 with a broken hand, and people couldn't wait to get him out of town because he had a broken hand. Then he goes back to the Super Bowl, obviously, with Arizona. Chris Carpenter pitched with uh, thoracic outlet syndrome. People hated, started hating Chris Carpenter, and then all of a sudden uh, he has a surgery and he comes back and he's able to pitch, but people didn't like the way he pitched down the stretch. I have an appreciation for players that try to play through it, especially when their team needs them because they don't have any al- other alternatives. I admire Wainwright's tenacity and desire to pitch.
8: I am, I didn't have a problem with it either. I think you know, as an athlete, you put your body through so much that people will never know and the fact that he uh, did acknowledge that and and confirm that that happened I mean hats off to him for being able to push his body through that push it to the the limit that he was able to Um, I don't think it's selfish at all I think you know there's a man that the Cardinals team they weren't playing for anything specific they weren't uh, in a playoff in the playoff hunt they weren't trying to win the division they they finished 20 plus games Mm -hmm. out of uh under 500 and and last in the division so it's not like they were fighting for something shooting for something as greg said the only excitement you really had was this chase for adam Wainwright to get to 200 and the fact that he could do that with a torn labrum and bone on bone in his shoulder and as you said he was just throwing everything he had up there uh, to the plate Hats off to him.
2: Well, and you would have loved to see more Cardinals players be like that this yeah, season. Right, right. <laughs> right. I point. mean, think about how different because we've already got some texts coming in and it definitely stirs some things up. And I asked Greg about what he thought about people saying that he is selfish. And a lot of people said, well, if it happened so early on, it, maybe it was selfish for him to continue on for the rest of the season. He has been afforded that luxury because of what Greg mentioned, too. He's given that right. He's earned that right to be able to work through it because he has been able to work through so many things mm-hmm. throughout his entire career. Now, going back to what I just said before that, I wish that there was a lot more guys who would have that kind of grit, that tenacity, that want to, that passion to go back out there. I mean, imagine if we would have seen that more from some other guys this Tyler season. Tyler uh, We could say Tyler neil Maybe some others as well being mm-hmm. able to push through those injuries. Think about maybe how different this club would have been in general if more guys had that mindset that Wayno did of pushing through, doing things for your team, trying to put your team in the best situation available, or at least try to go out there. Imagine how different maybe this season could have been.
8: I think it also, it also depends on the injury. Like if you are able to, again, I, I, I practiced and played with a torn labrum. It's awful. It's terrible to go through, but you can do it. Um, it, it's it's just about your pain tolerance it's how much you can withstand and how much you're willing to go to out there are some things you can't play with torn ACL I've seen guys try to play with torn ACLs it doesn't work um, but you know you, you, you have to be able to push your body to a limit and he did the entire season, and he wanted that 200. He wanted to win a championship. I guarantee if you were to ask him one or the other, I, I would agree. I would assume that he would say winning a championship would have been more important, but getting that 200, knowing that you had no opportunity to win a championship this year, I'm sure that meant a, the world
7: to him. And if, right? if Adam would have gone 11-11, and 11, if he would have had the same year that he had last year, where uh, he, last year he was uh, was 11-12 and 12 and uh, had... Uh, I think the seventh best era three or 14th best earned run average seventh most innings he went 11 and 12. if he has that same year in 2023 the cardinals aren't in the playoffs so to your point cd it wouldn't have made any difference we do have texts though uh this one from the uh, uh from our friend Cottleville chris adam did us a solid we have we had nobody else and for those that say he was being selfish he shouldn't have pitched i will ask who you think the alternative was? Who who would you have had pitching in the in the rotation? Would it have been Andre Polante Would you have preferred Dakota the, Hudson? That?
2: But he was he was exactly. terrible at Memphis, right? Yes. Uh, so
7: I, I don't know that uh, that would have been an option. I think he he was doing them a favor actually. But I also I, I respect the the fact that people do think that. Maybe they should have gone to a four-man rotation. This one says he should have been shut down. He was the worst pitcher in MLB by earned run average. Shut him down. Okay, so do that. Uh, Give me a name. Give me a name for who you would have had in the rotation. Would it have been Palante?
2: No, obviously not. Well, you have Dakota Hudson, which we already mentioned, was not available. And then in the minors, you had Michael McGreevy, Gordon Graceffo, but they weren't ready to make that step. Oh, and then you had Zach Thompson, but I think he was in the bullpen at that point. He was stretched out. He was being stretched stretched out because he was in the bullpen. He started the season in the bullpen. So around, if we're we're talking about beginning of the season, he was in the bullpen, and then they sent him back down to the minors to stretch him out. He struggled, and then they brought him back up. I
8: mean, it, it all started with Wilking Rodriguez, and oh. I think we all know that. That's, so, yeah, it, it would have been the starting point. That was for oh. how this whole thing went.
7: One <laughs> what what other is from the six one eight. I find it hard to differentiate if a player is playing for himself, the team, or the fan base. It has to be a mixture of all three that uh, variates during their seasons and careers. I, I do think that Adam, at his core, was a guy who overcame pain because he wanted to help his team win did that down the stretch in 2015 when he came back from the Achilles in four months uh, and was pitching in the postseason obviously was able to do that in overcoming the Tommy John in 2014 when he was second in the Cy Young voting I I never question or will never question Adam Wainwright's motivations in regards to winning.
8: I guess my when you're getting these texts from from texters and saying, Oh, it was selfish and they're giving you names of other players, I think the question is, would those other players have helped this team make the playoffs? And when you're twenty games under five hundred, I think the answer is still no. So I don't I don't think it mattered. To a degree, that much. Now, maybe you can maybe you can say, well, those guys could have got more reps. They could have got more opportunities to to become acclimated with being professional pitchers, being starters in, the, in in Major League Baseball. But other than that, I don't have an issue with him fighting through, attempting to fight through. If it if he couldn't go and was unable to, I think those last couple of games you saw, the it, it's out of gas and he's yeah. just running on fumes. If it was if that would have happened in June, he probably would have shut it down. Yeah.
7: Finally, one uh, text says, make a trade. We're talking when they still had a shot, unless you're saying they were done in May. Well, they started off 10-24, and 24, so I, I think there is a safe <laughs> assumption. But the other point that I'll make is that traditionally, over the last several years in baseball, teams have not made trades specifically for starting pitchers until the deadline. I'm guessing that if uh, the 217 uh, looks at the transactions that were made in Major League Baseball between the end of spring training and the start of the trade deadline two weeks before the trade deadline I'll bet you can't find one starting pitcher that got moved between April 1st and July 15th I'll bet you can't find one starting pitcher that got traded not one
2: can Deep. I just mention one last one because sure. this was I like to give out a good take text mm-hmm. of the day and this is my favorite yes Polante. then you couldn't have blown those other leads out of the pen
7: <laughs> well done yep good thought yep not wrong Not wrong. There's there's that. Yep. (laughs) Uh, That's our fresh take here on 101 ESPN. Coming up, we're going to talk to Bernie Federco about the opening of the blue season on 101 ESPN.
1: You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN.
4: Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.
7: Gary and Randy and we go to the celebrity line and Bernie Federko will be back at it tonight on Valley Sports as the Blues open up the 23-24 campaign in Dallas Hall of Famer Bernie Federko good morning how are you sir good morning Randy i'm doing great thanks good i always love the opening of the hockey season i think the blues do a wonderful job and we'll see that on saturday night but i'm intrigued to see how this team comes out of the gates
3: Yeah, I think everybody is right now. I think uh, even the players themselves. I mean, training camp is always tough. You you go through it. Uh, I don't think the guys really need three and a half weeks to go through it. They're in such great shape now, but uh, it's for real now. And uh, I think they've got a lot to prove after what happened last year.
2: Well, Bernie, big prediction because we were talking about this earlier of who do you think, though, will be the first to score the first goal of the season for the Blues?
3: I'm going to guess it's going to be Bucinevich. Uh, I, I just love the way he plays. I mean, I, I think that line uh, of, of Thomas and Kyru and Bucinevich has really a good chance to maybe prove that they're one of the top lines in, in the league. So I, I'm anxious to see what, what, what they can do, but uh, I, I kind of... A uh, real big fan of nevers the way he plays, and he's such a smart player out there. So I'm, I'm going to give him that, that first goal.
8: Bernie, we were talking to Robert Thomas yesterday and, and talking about the new defensive style that they've had. I've heard that they will have more time. The opposing team will have the puck more in their defensive zone more. But would that lead to a little bit more fatigue, more ice time because you're out there just a little bit longer as you are accustomed to being?
3: You know what? That, that depends all the time, Kerry. Is it because you know what? You can say all you want about a system; a system is still outworking the other guys on the other team. So, I mean, if you uh, uh, you know want outwork and you 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 get yourself in the right position, I, I think that you're never really going to get worn down that much. But certainly, and we saw a lot of the uh, bad defense last year. I think maybe the system was was broken down a little bit. But I think that uh, you know over the course of the last three or four weeks, uh, they've talked about it, they've tried to correct it. So. So hopefully, yes, hopefully everything comes together. Hopefully, I mean, I think they're going to play more of a zone defense uh, this year, and and hopefully it works, and, and hopefully they don't get uh, you know, worn out in their own zone.
7: Bernie, you just mentioned that the Blues have that bad taste in their mouth from missing the playoffs. Robert Thomas mentioned that to us yesterday. How much of a motivator can that be? How much can you utilize that to get great effort throughout the course of a season?
3: Well, it should be the total... Of Really, the total motivation, uh, Randy, because you really—I mean—you don't get played, paid to score goals or, or to play defense or offense. You play, get played to 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 pay to win hockey games. And uh, when things are going well, uh, everybody's kind of chipping in, and, and you win hockey games. I mean, you've got the talent; you feel that uh, you can compete with anybody. So uh, when you're winning, it, it becomes a, a contagion with contagious with everybody. So. So right now, I mean, uh, I think that the, the taste is there. They, they want to get rid of it really quickly, and it should have been a motivation. So uh, I think that the, they right now uh, feel that, that, that they have uh, a lot to prove. They feel that they they, they you know they only missed the, the playoffs what, by what 10 points or whatever it was last year. So so they think that the, the tools are there, and they, they just have to get it done. So I, I'm excited uh, about what the attitude is. I mean, I've been around camp a couple of uh, the days, and, and I think that everybody's got mm-hmm. the right attitude to, to go forward right now.
2: Bernie, we've talked at length about the defense this past season and hopefully that will change going into this season, but who do you believe out of all the defensemen is going to have the biggest turnaround this year?
3: Well, I think that everybody has to do that. I mean, I, I think Brooke, that you look at the way they played last year. It wasn't just the defenseman. I mean, I, I think that we, you know, tend to, to when you goals are being scored, you, you always kind of blame the defense. I mean, you can't. You got to blame everybody. It's a five-man unit out there, and when everybody's on the ice, they all going to do the job. They all going to kind of help out a little bit more. But uh, I don't think that Parejo had a great year last year. I think he'll be the first to admit it. That uh, he, he he did not play the way he. Uh, played the year before or even the, the cup run. Uh, so I, I expect him to be one of those leaders. But I, I love the way Justin Falk plays. Justin, you know, played uh, great last year, and I think that he'll continue that. But I, I'm looking forward to, to Tory Krug bouncing back. He, he didn't have a good year last year. So, I mean, I think you could look right down every one of those defensemen last year. I, I think they all felt they underachieved. And I, and I really believe that each one of them you know, feels that they've got to be a lot better this year. Blues uh,
8: start tonight versus the Dallas Stars in Dallas. If the Blues play extremely well against this team, who is ranked to be one of the top teams in the Western Conference, does that give you uh, high hopes for how good this team could be potentially, you know, one of the top teams in the Western Conference if they can go into Dallas tonight and get that win?
3: I mean, it's only going to be one game, but yes, I think it can be a barometer. Um, You know, they played very well last week in in the preseason game uh, against Dallas uh, in Dallas, but but they didn't obviously Dallas didn't have their entire squad there, but uh, yes, I think this is a barometer. Uh, Dallas is a really good hockey club. I mean, they were in the Western Conference final last year and, and yes, if you can play well against them and especially if you can go into into that building and win the game with the first game and a a lot of times it's, it's really a good place to start. Start on the road. I mean, there's a lot of pressure on the Stars. They they feel it. Uh, they do have one of the best teams, so I mean, it's mm-hmm. going to be pressure-packed for them tonight. So if the Blues can go in there and get a good result. Yes, I think it's not only going to be good for uh, the barometer situation, but I think it's going to be good for confidence going forward. The Blues know, hey, you beat the Dallas Stars, you can beat anybody, and and hopefully that'll continue to to, to you know to. Snowball as the season goes along.
7: Hey Bernie, the Blues just spent a few days in Frisco, Texas, on a bonding trip. I know that Mike Keenan used to take them to Banff, Alberta, during uh, a downtime so that they could bond. What were your your bonding trips like when Harry Ornest or owned the franchise?
3: <laughs> it was at uh, it was at uh, either Steak and Shake or McDonald's uh, on, on an afternoon down, down at somewhere in Afton or somewhere. <laughs> that, was, that was our bonding trip. So, so, or a late night in the bar after one of the preseason games, that would be it. <laughs> <laughs> there you go.
7: Hey, Bernie, we're looking forward to a great season. Thanks so much for the time. We'll talk to you next week, and we'll be watching tonight on Bally. Thanks, guys. You have a great day. See you later. That's the Hall of Famer, Bernie Federico on 101 ESPN. Yeah, they uh, they had a tendency. Well, they they would take flights like when they would go to – Calgary or Edmonton, they they didn't charter. They took connectors, so they oh. would like have to connect in Minneapolis and stuff, and spend nights in hotel or in, uh, not, hotels, in uh, not hotels, but in in airports to get the connector to get to the next day. Oh, next I game.
8: couldn't. I, w- no. Yeah, we're athletes are so spoiled now.
7: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, that was unreal. Yeah, they were always that. they were the Blues under Harry Ernest were always looking for the cheapest flight.
2: Oh. Don't you remember when the Yankees players were mad about having to pay for Wi-Fi? Yes. that kind of puts right. things into yeah. perspective, yeah. Yeah. right? <laughs>
10: (laughs) (laughs)
7: coming up we've got the fight for you here on 101 ESPN
1: you're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN
4: presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers welcome to the
1: fight
4: in the
8: Welcome back to The Opening Drive. I am Kerry Davis, joined by Brooke Brimsley, and it is time for the fight, and our fighter today is Rick. Rick, how you doing? I'm doing just fine. Oh, one more time, Rick. Yeah, I'm just fine. Hey, how about uh, you? I'm doing wonderful. You've been trying to get on the fight for a while, I, I see, going through your text messages. Yep,
9: yep. And Many so, months. I finally got in. Finally? Yeah. Well,
8: blame Rock. He's uh, <laughs> He's the one that picks and chooses. Or thank Rock. How about that? There you go. Thank you so much.
2: There you go. I heard him say he didn't like Rick's, and that's why. And
8: I'm the negative one on the show, (laughs) (laughs) depending on the day. All right, Rick, are you ready to take on Randy Character? I sure am. All right, here we go. Yesterday we mentioned Ken Boyer's World Series Grand Slam and Reggie Sanders against the Padres in a six RBI game. Who has the third? Who is? Who has the third Cardinal postseason Grand Slam, hitting off Hall of Famer Greg Maddox? Is it Royce Clayton? Brian Jordan? Or Gary Gaetti?
9: Let's go with Brian Jordan.
2: All right, question number two Who is the last team to sweep the Cardinals in a five or seven game series? Is it the Padres, the Dodgers, or the Nationals? The
7: Nationals.
8: The Astros punched their seventh straight ticket to the ALCS, the second longest streak in Major League Baseball history. Which team holds the record with eight straight? With eight straight since the LCS was introduced in 1969. Is it the New York Yankees, the Atlanta Braves, or the Oakland
7: Athletics? We'll go with the Braves.
2: Connor Bedard's debut was covered wall-to-wall, but came up short of the greatest rookie debuts in recent NHL history. Which current star set the mark when he scored four goals in his rookie debut back in 2016? Is it Artemi Panarin? Matthew Barzell? Or Austin Matthews.
10: Austin Matthews.
6: And we are going to double check our score, and we will bring in Randy
8: Carricker. Rick, how you feel?
11: Uh, I'm feeling pretty
8: good. Yeah, you you waited a while. You've been. <laughs> how, how do you do when you're fighting in your car or at home? How does it go for you? I it's been about. About 50% of the time, I'll either tie or beat Randy. Okay. So, wow. I, you know, I, I, I usually feel pretty good. Okay. Well, we'll see how today goes. Randy, is uh, he's got his blues pullover on. He's, oh, yeah. He's, he's ready for overnight. day. I'm ready.
1: <laughs> All
7: right. Randy, say hello to Rick. Rick, good morning. How are you doing? Good morning, Randy. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks for listening. Thanks for playing. We appreciate it. All right, Randy, you ready? I'm as ready as I'm going to be.
8: All righty. Yesterday we mentioned Kim Boyer's World Series Grand Slam and Reggie Sanders against the Padres in the six RBI game. <laughs> who is the third Cardinal post? Who has the third Cardinal postseason Grand Slam hitting it off Hall of Famer Greg Maddox? Uh,
7: grand Slam off of Greg Maddox. Um, I think I might. Well,
8: I'll do the lifeline. Is it Royce Clayton? Brian Jordan or Gary Gaetti?
7: Okay. Um, I think it might be Royce Clayton. I don't think that BJ had a postseason grand slam. He did have a big home run, in, but it, it, it was not for Greg Maddox because uh, it was late in the game. BJ's might have been a triple. Um, and the other one besides Royce Clayton was Gayeti? Gary Gaietti It eh, could have been Gaetti too. Um, but I'll, I'll just go with Royce Clayton because he's the outlier here.
2: Question number two. Who is the last team to sweep the Cardinals in a five or seven game series?
7: So best of three or best of five. Um... Two thousand. Uh, Well, let's see. We've got the um, 2004 World Series. That's a seven. Um, 2005, they didn't lose to Houston in a sweep. 2006, they didn't lose at all. 2007, they didn't make the playoffs or eight. Nine, the Dodgers series, the holiday series. Let me just keep that one in my holster here. 10, I think they won one of those games. Um, I think they did, yeah. 10 didn't make the playoffs. 11 didn't lose. 12, the Giants beat them in 5 or 6. 13, they lost the World Series uh, in multiple games. 14, oh, you know what we might have is the, uh, so 14 it wasn't, but 15, I think they got swept by the, no, they didn't get swept by the Cubs because Lackey won that first game. Uh, and then 16, 17, 18 didn't make the playoff. Oh, uh, uh, Nationals. Nationals, 19, NLCS.
8: That was a pretty good process you had there. Sir. Thank you. The Astros punched their seventh straight ticket to the ALCS, the second longest streak in Major League Baseball history. Which team holds the record with eight straight since the LCS was introduced in 1969?
7: I'm going to go with the 90s Braves just because the Yankees, well, let's wait here. Hold on. 96, 97, 98, 99, 2000, 2001, 2002, 2009. I'm going to go with the Yankees instead. I'm going to go with the Yankees through uh, that run. I'm not sure if they made the World Series in 97, but I'm going to go, or or made the LCS. I'm going to go with the Yankees. So, did Sounds I get the good. question wrong?
8: No, I am no, laughing at Brooke, I, who almost... I almost decapitated myself. It's so totally fine. Her head <laughs> it.
2: It's okay. I dropped my baseball pin, which you gave me, and oh. I didn't want to lose it, so I went to grab it and almost killed myself. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> uh, final question. Yes. Con- <laughs> Connor Batard's debut was covered wall-to-wall, but came up short of the greatest rookie debuts in recent NHL history. Which current star set the mark when he scored four goals in his rookie debut back in 2016? 16.
7: I'm going to go with Austin Matthews. I think I remember that. Austin Matthews, who I believe set another record recently with most uh, fewest games to get to like 300 goals or something like that. But I'll go with Austin Matthews. I think I recall that evening. Toronto Maple Leafs.
6: It is a very, very close fight today, but we do have an outright winner. Randy Carriker on a short week looking for back-to-back wins. Does he take down Rick, or does the long wait pay off for Rick in the fight? That's my fault, of course. Ring (laughs) that bell! The winner and new
1: champion of the fight, Average Joe Listener.
6: Rick, you took down Randy Carricker three to two in today's fight.
8: Thank you very much.
6: The weight yeah, the the, the paid off, and let's go through those questions and answers. Yesterday we mentioned Ken Boyer's World Series Grand Slam. Reggie Sanders had won against the Padres in a six-RBI game. It was, in fact, Gary Gaetti mm. who has the third-ever Cardinals postseason Grand Slam, hitting it off of Greg Maddox in Game 2 of the 1996 NLCS. The last team to sweep the Cardinals in a five- or seven-game series is, in fact, the Washington Nationals, sweeping them 4-0 to o in the NLCS in 2019. The Astros punched their seventh straight ticket to the ALCS, the second-longest streak in major. League baseball fi- in Major League Baseball history, it was the Braves who set it from 1991 to 1999, eight straight LCSs for the Braves. And Kindred's debut came up a little bit short of Austin Matthews when he put four goals away in his rookie debut. So a three-two win for three-two win for Rick in the fight today. That means we'll have you on tomorrow, Rick. Again, great
7: job. Thank you for joining the show and joining the fight today.
3: Thank you so much. I appreciate it.
7: All right, Rick. We will see you tomorrow. Thank you very much for participating in the fight. Coming up, we've got a couple of teams on their way to the LCS after last night and one divisional series yet to be decided. We'll tell you what we think next on 101 ESPN.
1: You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN.
4: Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.
10: You know, try to win that game today and we really wanted it especially because you don't want to go back home to play that fifth game if you don't have to and then you had to burn verlander so now you know um you know both of our teams texas and us are pretty you know rested in our pens and uh and in our starting rotation so it should be a, should be a heck of a series
7: That is the manager of the defending champion, Houston Astros, Dusty Baker. They eliminated Minnesota last night with a 3-2 victory in Game 4 of their series. A big home run from Jose Abreu allows Houston to hold off the Twins by a score of 3-2. And as Dusty Baker mentioned, it'll be Houston, Texas for the American League Championship. That series will start later in the week. But you've got veteran managers, guys that really do a good job, both Dusty Baker with Houston and Bruce Bochy with the Rangers.
2: Yeah, Bruce Bochy is just really exciting I was talking a lot about him this week but what he was able to do the fact that they were able to pull him out of retirement I love everything that Greg Amsinger said earlier about the fact of how much Bruce Bochy has changed things the way that he's been able to turn things around in the Rangers and the way that just really the Rangers have spent money and spent money in the right way I think is exciting this is a team that essentially just gave away the division in the final weekend if you remember they were just one game away from winning the division and now they have two series wins under their belt and all the momentum back and they have two start just stud starting pitchers that are able to go seven innings seven plus innings likely if you want them to five all-star hitters Marcus Simeon Corey Seager at the top of of the lineup there and top of the order and then also with everything that you have going on with Bruce Bochy and what he's able to do he's one of the best postseason managers Ever in baseball history. And I think right now, too, I just really like everything that the Rangers have going on. And by the way, I'm just really happy for Maddox, too, that he's able to go somewhere. It seems like he's very happy there. We know that Jordan Montgomery really liked following Maddox and to see the Rangers have the success. I just think that it's a very interesting story that kind of turned everything around of how kind of a lot of teams are viewing things and how you approach things spending money wise.
8: I'm looking at this astros team and trying to figure out who <laughs> jordan alvarez is is a guy you know he had four home runs in that series he hit he slugged one point three one three he just did a fantastic job and they that lineup for the astros i think is a it's gonna be a, gonna be a problem, and you heard Dusty Baker saying we were able to get this series done. We didn't have to go and, and pitch Verlander uh, in Game Five, so now he'll be your your starting starting Game One for them. Their bullpen is prepared; they're ready to roll. I think it's a great matchup in the state of Texas, obviously being able to play your, your in-state rival, but um, I'm, I'm going to go with the Astros there because I think that lineup is so potent, and they've they've already done it. They, they, they've been to seven straight. They know what it takes, and they won it last year, so I'm, I'm going to go with the Astros here.
7: Now, Max Scherzer says he feels normal heading into this series. Last time he pitched was a month ago today. This is a guy that throws seven innings in his first spring training start, though. What do you expect from Scherzer in the ALCS? Does, is he a starter, first of all?
2: Well, and if that's the healthy. thing is that he's going to throw, I believe, a simulation game tomorrow mm-hmm. or something like that or today. And he was fired up. If you see, of course, like the adrenaline's pumping in the clubhouse when <laughs> when you're celebrating yeah. like that and seeing the interviews, he's like, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to, you know, be a part of this right now. I think that you do possibly make him, you know, I, I guess it just depends on how that simulation goes. I'll be interested to see what comes out of that, but the fact that you are, could get Max Scherzer back in this series, I think is huge for the Rangers and for Bruce Bochy. And also, I just wanted to show or let you guys hear this sound from Simeon talking about Bruce Bochy and what he brings to this club. He just trusts
6: us. It's all about trust. Um, it's year one for him with this group. It's taken a little bit of time just to figure out you know, how he wants to use a group. But playoff Bochy is fun to play for. You know, I think uh, we have guys who've been there and done that. And it's, it's fun to see them in action.
2: That's what I've been saying. Been there and done that. I think that that experience is paying off. And Bruce Bochy, the way that he's been able to really lead this club through so many different adversities, injuries this season. We talked about you know DeGrom and his injury early on and how a lot of people thought that the Rangers wouldn't be able to find a way back. They were able to work through this Max Scherzer situation. He'll possibly be back for this series. I have so much respect for Bruce Bochy and the Rangers for really buying into letting a manager do what he needs to do, and that process also leads to the players trusting the managers, mm-hmm. trusting the team, trusting the organization, and you're seeing that pay off. Bruce Bochy is a leader of men, and that's something that every ball club should want.
8: If you all had to pick one manager in that series, which one are you
7: taking? Oh man, that's a tough choice. I, I would go. <laughs> oh. I, I would go with Bochi because I mean, historically yeah. he's done such a great job of managing a bullpen, and it's it's different to manage a bullpen now than when he was winning World Series because of the three batter minimum, but. He has historically done it. He's done it well this year in managing that bullpen in in Texas. So I would go with him.
8: I can't remember who I was listening to on the radio a couple of days ago, but one of the concerns was the the Rangers bullpen that you know it may eventually blow up on him. Mm-hmm. So I, I, that, again, what what the Astros have coming up to the plate, I, I like the Astros and I, I like Dusty Baker. I like a man that just sits there with his toothpick in his mouth doesn't mm-hmm. doesn't seem frazzled. Nothing really bothers him. He just there, just chilling in. And he- and doing what he needs to do make sure his
7: team is going to win i think the cool thing about these two managers is that they let their guys be themselves they yeah. encourage their players to be themselves and to show off their personalities you get to see adolis garcia uh, with, with his latin roots be mm-hmm. the guy that he wants to be dusty does the same thing with Jordan alvarez and that group clearly has a lot of fun and that was a big job in trying to turn around that ship after the cheating scandal, and he's done a great job of that. I think the the big thing, and Brooke, you've used the term several times this morning, leader of men. They, they just have that ability to lead people. And another guy that does is Brian Snicker. Now, they're dealing in Atlanta with a lack of quality starting pitching at the moment. Charlie Morton is injured. He's not even on the LCS roster. They had to start Bryce Elder last night. Well, Bryce Elder had, overall, a really good season, but in the second half of the year— Elder was not great, a 5.11 earned run average and 13 starts after the All-Star break. Well, now, even though they're down 3-1, Snitker gets Spencer Strider for Game 4 and then Max Freed for a possible Game 5. No, it's great. I, I say if we can't win one of those two games or, or both of those games with those guys, then you know what? That's I
11: feel pretty good about the next two starts that we got.
7: Got to win one in Philly, and I don't know that there's a more intimidating place to play right now. Man, them guys are are they are going crazy
8: there, and it's it's fun to watch. I mean, when you think of playoff baseball, that's what you that's the environment you look for. I think that St. Louis has that when they're playing in in, in October. It's just fun to watch the amount of excitement. I I don't know. If fans really know, I think they do. But I think, you know, to hear it when you are a player and you're at home, either, either at home or the road, it, it can give you joy to quiet all of those fans if you're on the road. And if you're at home and your crowd is just going absolutely crazy, it does give you a boost of, of adrenaline that maybe you can do one more thing, one more time, give one more pitch, uh, throw one more ball, swing a little bit harder than uh, than you might have not been able to if they weren't as loud.
2: And they're just ruthless. The way that they were mm-hmm. like chanting. Thing, you know, Chop? Uh, shop? Huh? The,
7: the they chop did, last year. Yeah, thing? they did the In Chop. Philly. But also yeah. they said,
2: We want Strider, we want Strider. Yeah. Because did you see? I don't know if he was joking or not, but there was like this video going around of where Spencer Strider was like asked if there was one thing he could change, what would it be? And he'd be like, fans. And he was probably being sarcastic, but it didn't sound like sarcasm. <laughs> yeah. So then the Phillies fans are eating that up. That's why I like when you're talking about letting players be players, that's why I like that Thompson really lets Bryce Harper be who he is, mm-hmm. even with that whole that whole Arcia's situation with Orlando Arcia, maybe it was a little bit more dramatic, and it's there's a lot more to that story. But maybe it was a little bit more dramatic in that whole situation. But Bryce Harper kind of using that as an edge, something to have a chip on his shoulder. I mean, there's a lot of great athletes that have kind of manufactured stories or different things like that. Situations made them bigger to give them that edge, you know, going into games, and that's what Bryce Harper did. But you also need to have a manager that allows you to do that, and the fact that he matches the fan bases in. Energy, I feel like that's really hard to go up against.
7: Meanwhile, the Dodgers have been in the playoffs for 12 straight years, and they've won the World Series once, and that was in the COVID year. This year, they get swept by the Arizona Diamondbacks, who are on their way to the LCS. Here's Mookie Betts on losing in the playoffs again.
0: Oh, I mean, it's obviously super frustrating. There is no real no real words for it. They played better, we didn't much I, I can't speak for all of us but i know for sure i, I did absolutely nothing to uh, to help us win there's no,
8: there's no words for it. words for it
7: there are not words for what's happened to the dodgers and it's 11 in a row lost the nlcs in 2013 to the cardinals lost in the division series lost in the division series lost the nlcs in 2016 then lost the world series in 17 and 18. Lost in the Division Series in 19, won the World Series in 20, then lost the Championship Series in 21, Division Series last year and this year.
8: I thought it was interesting what Greg said about Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman, how they had to chase pitches, couldn't afford to walk because... Who was behind them? They didn't. They didn't trust him enough to to get on base or to get hits. Is, is that did I hear that correctly? Yeah, but I find that interesting. Yeah, I because... mean because Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman weren't hitting at all, so at least get on base mm-hmm. and hope that the people behind you can bring you in. Will yep. Smith went three for four yesterday. I mean, you you have to have confidence in your team, and then I guess the other question would be, I know you did this all season long. I'm sure they were one and two all season long. Do you mix them up? Do you bring a guy down and allow him to? let someone bat in between Mookie and Freddie if they're not hitting or, or not getting on base.
7: They had one guy that was hitting and that was Will Smith. That's, the catcher. Yeah, yeah. Right. So yeah I think you move him up in the lineup and J.D. Martinez at 200 in the series. Uh, Will uh, Monty at 182. Hit 182. Yeah, Jason uh, Hayward didn't. Yeah he, he didn't hit it all so yeah I think it would have been smart to move your your him in the series yeah. up a little bit yeah
2: yeah it, the Dodgers demise in the postseason it just feels like it's inevitable at this point just seeing them fall apart and it just felt like it was done because in that game one you're setting the tone right and for Clayton Kershaw just, just to implode in that way, I feel like it just spelled doom for the Dodgers for the rest of that series and it really was decided by starting pitching. Carrie, you mentioned this earlier, but the Dodgers pitchers it was 4 and 2 thirds innings allowing 13 earned runs. I mean, what what can in you even games. do if you're Mookie Betts? In three you know? games. And Ian yeah, Freeman, yeah, yeah. even I, what can you do in those situations? There's nothing you can, and if you look at how the Diamondbacks did, it was totally different starting pitching-wise, but... I'll also go back to what Greg Amsinger was saying about Torrey Lavello. I just really like him as a manager, too. If you kind of look at his background, he definitely has embraced like the new age of baseball and the analytics, all that touchy subject that we we like to talk about here. But he also incorporates a lot of old school. And a lot of the players say the same thing, is that he's a great leader. He's able to build trust quickly. And then also what the Diamondbacks did with spending the money on Corbin Carroll, that didn't look mm-hmm. good when at first people were confused. They're like, why are you giving him this big contract? And the, now it's paying off, and you're seeing why they did that with him.
7: The Cardinals should do that with Jordan Walker. Mm. No doubt about huh. it. How about that? So about that? we will perhaps know who the, world, the LCSs are going to be after tonight, 7 o'clock tonight for the Braves and Phillies, Game 4. Next up here on 101 ESPN, we've got our Rush Hour Reset. Stick around.
4: You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. We're recapping the biggest sports stories of the day on the Opening
1: Drive with a rush hour reset.
7: It's 9.05 in St. Louis, your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Brooke Grimsey, Kerry Davis, Randy Carricker, and the Blues open up their season tonight in Dallas against the Stars. 7 o'clock face-off. Chris Kerber and Joey Vitale will have the call the pregame for you at 6 here on 101 ESPN, and as we get started on the first of 82, Doug Armstrong has some hopes for the season.
8: So I'd love to get third
6: place. I think that uh, if you, if you will say the way I look at it, you you. I see Dallas and I see Colorado as a different maturation part in their organizations. Uh, they they seem to be a half a letter to a full letter grade ahead. Uh, but then I, I look at, at Minnesota, I look at what Winnipeg's going through, what Nashville's going through, what we're going through. Uh, so I don't see us being in that group of, of players starting out, you know, hoping to get the first overall pick. That That's not what we're looking at. Now, how far they can take it. Uh, I, I think we should be competitive with with the groups with that uh with that you know if you break the league into thirds i hope to be in the in competitive with that middle third and i hope to be at the top end of that middle
7: third i really appreciate the honesty he's not saying he's not blowing smoke and saying yeah we hope to win the division i hope to finish in third place in the division i love that honesty and i agree with his assessment
2: i agree with his assessment too but it i guess it is very different to be that blunt, because he's not the only one that has said that. We, when we talked to Jamie Rivers yesterday, and he said the exact same thing. It feels like a lot of people here in St. Louis think that they'll finish third in the division, but outside the national media, which they're not here, they're not boots in the ground actually looking at things and practices and the changes that have been made, so I'll believe the people here more, but outside of st louis a lot of people don't think that they'll finish third in the division Mm -hmm. i appreciate army's honesty about what the season will look like i wonder if they've already been seeing something that makes them think that or it's just that the stars and obviously the avalanche which has always been a pain for the blues that they have made more strides
7: they have more good play more established players and in the blues have a lot of things that they need to go well. The defense obviously didn't play well last year. The new coaching from Mike Weber has to improve the way the defense plays and we really don't know about Verona even though he was a goal-every-game guy for the Blues, 10 goals in 20 games. We don't know about Verana and Kapanen. And I think Verana is a big guy for this team because they don't really have a ton of scoring depth like they did a couple of years ago.
8: Yeah, I think he is as well. And, and we talked about Pavel Bucinevic and Kasperi and I'm, I'm excited to see those guys, you know, how well they play. I want to see that, that first line. I want to see that fourth line. I want to see if they have that grit uh, that we talk about, a fourth line needing to have. Toro, I, uh, he, I'm i a fan. I mean, anytime mm-hmm. you call out <laughs> veteran guys and say we're not playing well enough like he did last year, I'm a fan of who who he is. And I'm I'm looking forward to just seeing – I need to, uh, obviously the energy is going to be there because it's the opening night, right? It's the first game of the year. How are they performing in Game 10? How are they performing in Game 20, in Game 25? Is that energy still there? That's a way, away. a way. I think tonight will give you a good idea of – how the defense is going to go, how well they're going to play together, are they going to be connected, and and if they are all bought in to helping make this team better than it was last year.
7: Yeah, last year, Game 10 was not great.
2: <laughs> no. No. it was in the middle of
7: an eight-game losing streak, was yep.
2: Yeah, and you mentioned that fourth line. I, I think that this is why it's so weird to me that the Athletic, once again, not Jeremy Rutherford, our friend of the show, who will be coming up here shortly, but the rest of the Athletic, the national writers, the ones who aren't here in St. Louis, keep saying over and over again that Craig Berube's on the hot seat. that he's, They're predicting that he'll be one of the coaches to go. To me, that doesn't make any sense because when you're talking about the fourth line, it feels like we're getting back to that fourth line, that identity that Craig Berube likes. He's bringing in players. Kevin Hayes kind of got that comparison the other day uh, to Pat Maroon. I was able to witness what Pat Maroon did in that locker room, the way that he was able to kind of break through all the different age groups and how he really made sure he bought into what Berube was saying of egos are checked at the door Mm -hmm. and that's not to be allowed here he really worked on bringing all the different guys together and we saw how that paid off so having a chemistry glue guy like Kevin Hayes I think that that's a part of Craig Bruby and what he wants if you're bringing in all these pieces that are essentially more in line with what Craig Bruby wants to me why would he be in the hot seat right right. And it that, doesn't make any yeah. sense
7: once you get him the players then there's only one thing left to do But uh, we don't have our machine up. Darn it! <laughs> we don't have our machine up. Don't we, need our, we need our machine. Simple. Woo! Simple.
2: That mm-hmm. pause really just hit that one yeah. home, too, With that where you had to think Violence. about that for yeah, a he second. Had, he had
7: to think about it. Violence always... It's never... I mean, especially in sports. Yeah. It's, it's, it's loud.
8: Listen, that one thing... There was a motto that we have, most physical team is going to win games.
7: And <laughs> so if you are... Really bullying the other team.
8: In some sports, you're going to win. You got a
7: chance. Yeah. The NLCS will perhaps be set tonight. Philadelphia and Atlanta game four of their series. Philly leads two to one. That game at seven o'clock tonight. Arizona eliminated the Dodgers last night, sweeping the Dodgers out of the playoffs with a 4-2 win. Texas was already in, and Houston took care of Minnesota last night. They win that series three games to one, so it will be the Astros and the Rangers for the American League Championship Series. That is your Rush Hour Reset here on 101 ESPN. As Brooke mentioned, Jeremy Rutherford, our Blues Insider from The Athletic is next on 101 ESPN. You're
1: back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN.
4: Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. News,
1: notes, and nuggets. It's time for the Rutherford Report with our Blues insider, Jeremy Rutherford. Brought to you by Scott Lee Heating Company, a proud Mitsubishi Electric Elite Contractor. <laughs>
7: Getting ready for another season of covering your St. Louis Blues. He's our Blues Insider here on 101 ESPN. JR, good morning. How are you? Good morning, guys. Doing well, thank you. How many years covering the Blues for you now, combined with the Post-Dispatch and the Athletic?
11: I think this is number 19.
5: That's a long time, man. Good job.
7: So, uh, hopefully, number 19 will be another Stanley Cup championship season. (laughs) We were just talking about how we appreciate the honesty of Doug Armstrong, saying, I hope we finish third.
11: Yeah, I couldn't believe it. You know, yesterday we had that uh, Zoom session with Doug Armstrong. And, and let me tell you something. is uh, As a young reporter, speaking about doing this for 19 years, as a young reporter back in the day, I tried to you know, gain some knowledge, listen to the veteran reporters, you know, how do you go about things sometimes? And I remember Joe Buck, Trey Wingo, Frank Cusimano, a number of those guys would say, just keep the questions simple. Just qu- keep them simple. And so yesterday as the Zoom was wrapping up, I thought to myself, I'm going to keep it simple. I'm just going to ask Doug. Do you think this is a playoff team? And I was kind of surprised when he said, yeah, we're looking for third place.
2: <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about how we appreciate that honesty, though, from from Army, right?
11: Yeah, Brooke, I agree. And I think that uh, he's been pretty good about the honesty over the years. I think that sometimes, you know, he can't tell you everything, certainly. But I think in these situations, you know, I think the, the transparency with this retool so far has been, uh, like that I think that uh, Doug has come out and said here's where we are here's what we want to do and yesterday you know not just the comment about yeah I, you know I'm hoping for third place but beyond that he said I think it's going to be an attitudinal look that's what we want to see we want to see how do these guys come together do they you know if they're down 4-2 to two, do they keep it 4-2 to two and not lose the game 6-2 to two? how do they play I'm not going to be looking at the standings is what Doug Armstrong said yesterday I'm going to be looking at the foundation how this team comes together and I think that's what Blues fans are looking for right
2: jr i keep my subscription with the athletic because of you and katie Wu. you guys do fantastic oh. work but there's some times there's some times that i'm like how do <laughs> i avoid the rest of the articles because why does the athletic want to fire essentially craig Brubee? i keep seeing all these different articles and lists where they're predicting that he might go or he'll be in the hot seat what do you think the reasoning is behind that
11: yeah it's funny to sit next to rivet practice the other day and say hey watch it you know i'm at <laughs> athletic criticism i'm just teasing him, but uh, i i i totally understand it you know with the rankings and and with the hot seat to be honest with you and this is you know just like doug's being honest with the retool i'm being honest with you with these things is, is that i think some people get latched on to situations and they see the free fall in st louis and they think to themselves well it must be going horribly there and you know people aren't going to survive and you know people are going to be traded you know that could be the case you know sometimes you criticize these national people for making these types of predictions and then here we are three months into the season things aren't going well and Craig Bruby does get Uh, you know, let go. So I I think those things are possible, but I think more often than not, Brooke, that's what happens is people latch onto situations and think to themselves, it must not be going well there where I do think there's a lot of talent on this team. Like I said, in my article this morning, the blues shouldn't be focused on making the playoffs. Like Doug said, they should be focused on, you know, correcting this foundation, but I, I don't think it's that far off. And I don't think they're looking to stray away from Craig Berube
7: to get there. So essentially, what my thought process is here, based on what Doug Armstrong said, if Craig Berube loses the team, that's how he'll get fired. It's it's not going to be based on wins and losses.
11: I think so, hundred percent. And I think that you know, if you see a team that comes out and everything's been put in place, Randy, to make this team play the way that, uh, you know, Craig Bruby's style, and we see the size. We wrote about that earlier in camp, and and the attitude. You know, Craig Bruby's all about the attitude. Now here you hear Doug saying, hey, we want to see an attitude here. You want to protect the goaltender, Doug Armstrong said yesterday. Things like that. These are all Craig Bruby coach-type things, and so I think that if you do get three or four months into the season, and regardless what the the, the record is, but I think if you see a team that's not playing that way and not using – the skill level that it has either, I think at that point you get to a situation where well, what else can you do? We've kind of set the table for this to be successful, and it's still not working. So at that point, you probably have to move on. But I, I think that Doug has put everything in place to go along with Craig.
8: jr. how noticeable will this change of defensive style be tonight?
11: Yeah, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing it. In, in a real game, Kerry, because I asked Doug Armstrong yesterday, hey, what have you seen from this defense in terms of uh, the tweaks and, and how they're playing now? And he said it's just so hard in the practices and even the preseason games because in the practices, the forwards know what's coming, so they know what to do to try to beat it. Uh, but tonight you're going to see a situation where you get got a really good Dallas team a lot of people are picking these stars to win the Stanley Cup, and they've got some good forwards. They're a little bit banged up. I think Hintz is, uh, Rupe Hens uh, has been nagging, had a nagging injury. But I think you got a situation where they're going to be coming at you tonight. And so I'm, I'm excited to be here in Dallas. I'm excited to watch the uh, the changes on defense how they're applied how the team is is performing and how they can stack up against a really good dallas team like i said
2: jr we're about to in our next segment talk about the blues preseason superlatives and some future bets but i want to just ask you for a couple of them who do you think for mvp just talking about who will be be the best obviously for the blues this season who do you predict mvp for the blues this season
11: MVP, yeah, that's a tough one. You know, I really – I'm still on Kairou in terms of I think he can be that, that star. Uh, but in order for Jordan Kairou to be a star, obviously Robert Thomas has to be dishing him the puck, which is going to put him in that category also. You know, I think that in terms of recognition and, and highlight real goals and, and, and making plays, it's going to be those two. But let's not forget about Pavel Buchnevich. If he can stay healthy and if he can play – uh, the, the style of game that he's played the past couple of years for the Blues, 200-foot game, you know, I really do think a full schedule of games he can be the team MVP. So I know that I've been saying a lot about Kyron Thomas lately, and I think they're going to put up the numbers. I think they're going to be, you know, on the news every night in terms of uh, the, 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 the plays that we're watching. But I think Pavel Buchnevich is a guy who could be this team MVP.
2: What about best fighter? that's another category. (laughs) There's a best fighter category. Are we even doing that anymore? (laughs) Why not? Uh, I already have somebody uh, in mind. I want to see if it's the same as what I'm thinking. All right. Let's go with uh, Tyler Tucker. Is that who you were thinking? I was thinking Braden Shen.
11: Braden Shen. Yeah. Well, he's got that C. So uh, I don't know. I I think you're right in terms of he's going to care and he's going to stick up for people. I guess the question's always been with him: Is does he have to be the guy? Like, like I don't want my second line center breaking his hand in Game Six because mm-hmm. he's sticking up their teammates. Right? So, teammate. So, I'm going to go with uh, Tyler Tucker. What about Binner? <laughs> yeah, that could be. It. I would love to see that. that we be, need to. Hey, we'll, here comes shovel day. Yeah.
7: <laughs> One other thing, JR, from me, uh, and uh, this is from your bold predictions article. Somebody suggested that Jordan Cairo gets benched. If Jordan Cairo gets benched, then all bets are off for where this team is and where it's going, right?
11: Yeah, for sure, and and we like to have fun with those bold predictions. Those were predictions that were sent in by uh, fans a couple mm-hmm. days ago, and, and, and a fan sent in that bold prediction. Yeah, certainly if, if Jordan Cairo is benched, this thing has gone sideways. The key, and this is being serious here, the key will be – if he's not going well, Randy, to watch during games. Like, uh, you know, you're, you're not going to see a situation where he's healthy scratch. But if you go the second period and he goes 10, 12 minutes without playing a shift, those are the times that are kind of tough to see unless you're really, really paying attention to the game. Uh, but I think that uh, if we see some of those, you know, that that could be trouble for Jordan Kyra uh, because that relationship with Craig Bruby in terms of ice time has been frosty in the past. He's got to take that next step. He's got to get rid of those situations. Uh, between he and the coach and 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 obviously uh make that next step professionally
7: is jamie ben good enough to hate anymore
11: (laughs) i don't think so well he had a great season but then i think he slowed down uh a little bit at the end of last year so this is a really good team you know i listened to pete DeBoer in and the uber yesterday he did a long interview with the radio station here he's excited about this team and and uh, they've got a lot of good parts i think is the way to say it i wouldn't call Jamie been maybe a star anymore, but the other situation I look at, Blues fans can't like him right after he sat on Alex Petrangelo.
7: No, we can't. No, No, that's that's it. No, we don't like that. JR, have a great day in Dallas. Enjoy yourself, and uh, we'll check out your reporting on the Blues and the Stars at The Athletic. Thanks a lot, guys. Thank you, JR. Jeremy Rutherford, our Blues Insider from The Athletic on 101 ESPN. Getting excited about the hockey season starting tonight here on 101 ESPN. Pre game at 6 o'clock for the Blues and the Stars. And oh, by the way, if you want to watch this on the old YouTube, all you need to do is join us on YouTube at 101 ESPN STL. Air Alliance Team. YouTube channel, so check us out uh, with studio our cams. studio cam. Yes. Uh, studio cam, that's official. There we mm-hmm.
8: have
2: to do the, the yeah with the,
7: uh, the van. There we go. So okay. that's a good thing. That was, yeah, that was so incredible. much other cool stuff happening. Andrew Marsh has a pick'em challenge live remote today at the Cybrigs in Arnold from six to eight. So that'll be. Yeah, you want to just Why go hang you out, out with Marshy? Like well, we got cool stuff coming up. Have you know, if you've never had the opportunity to meet Andrew Marsh? There might be one guy who has hair as magnificent as Greg Amsinger's and it's Andrew Marsh. And oh, okay. Well, then it'll re- be a really good thing. Okay, so Marshy's <laughs> I mean, Pick'em Challenge Live or Marshy? That
6: was just in your, your headphones, by the way. Oh, <laughs> learn oh I thought you were talking <laughs> about There's a lot I that just happened there. I was, I was it to there. you to give out to everybody I else. I got it. You're just saying. I, I can't tell them.
5: God, is that you?
8: I realize <laughs> sometimes you guys can't tell. If I try to tell you guys stuff, you guys don't know if it goes over the air or not. It didn't make sense to me either. and I understand why. He's like, oh, yeah, it's good. I believe the only to be there.
6: If you can't hear yourself anymore, it's I, not going over the air because I'm in your. I'm, that's how you. Know. I heard
8: it, but it was it was kind of I mean,
5: like
7: we, we all we all knew did. what it was. Yeah. yeah. But I haven't been doing this long <laughs> enough. I have to figure this out.
8: <laughs>
7: <Tell me laughs> <up next. laughs> Our well, blues sorry. preseason superlatives and futures on 101 ESPN.
4: You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.
7: The opening drive preseason predictions superlatives and futures all right matthew Rocchio, ask away what well, do you, you got you, for us
6: you heard it right off the bat we got to know blues mvp for 2023 2024 season who's it gonna be
2: Pavel buchnevich dang right off the bat brooke <sighs> i'm sorry i'm in i you know, i was i'm the president and ceo of the Lars Newbar fan club mm-hmm. and i'm gonna start a new fan club the Pavel buchnevich fan club i gotta think of the name first i gotta workshop that so if anybody wants to text into that and let me know and I'll steal so it. Booches okay.
7: Bunch. I don't,
2: I don't you don't like that? Uh, uh, <laughs>
6: you hater. You unbelievable hater. Uh, uh, can just, never
2: do
8: anything right for you. Uh, uh, he, 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 just, uh, you asked my opinion. I gave uh, <laughs> it. Yeah, it's Not a problem. Um, I'm going to go. So it's a little outside the box. Okay. I'm going to go with Kevin Hayes. Ooh,
7: Good. He's uh, I went with Bushavich last year and it did not age well. No. No. I'm gonna go with our guy, Bobby Tommy. Bobby oh. Tommy. Bobby Tommy. <laughs> <laughs> Who's that? Yep. I call him Smooth.
2: Oh, and smooth. why do you call him Smooth? Because but, Rob, but nobody because else. Rob does.
6: Thomas wrote that beautiful mm-hmm. anthem. Yep. And for some reason we just don't give him any credit for Bobby it. Tommy. I, Bobby I, Tommy. I, we Tommy. We should Carlos ask Santana, Robert
2: Stolen Thomas Valor. if he knows that song. Which wait, yeah, he he will. did go on stage. He met Rob Thomas, so but he
7: might not know the song.
2: Does he know the song? But does he
7: know the songs
6: by Rob Thomas? I think
8: because everyone no knows the song. It says it's Carlos Santana featuring Rob Thomas. Good point. <laughs> Guess who wrote the song? Yeah, I'm telling you what okay. I not I, I didn't ask you that. Right, I'm telling you what, the, what it says. is. I'm
6: calling this one <laughs> throw out the Norris
8: Trophy. Get out
6: of here. I'm calling it the Chopper Cup. The best Blues defenseman for this season.
8: Ooh, get the Norris Trophy you, out of you here! But I want
6: defenseman, got? by the way. Don't 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 be just doing this whole. We I mean, get the most
7: points as the defenseman, you win. That's oh, the Norse uh, Trophy. This okay. is the Chopper Cup. I want some defensemen. I'm gonna I'm just gonna play the chalk here. I'm going with Justin Falk, number Dang. seventy-two. I was
2: gonna mm. say Justin Falk too.
8: I'm gonna go outside the box again because I think he's going to move up due to injury or due to good play. I'm gonna go Tyler Tucker. Ooh, Tucky,
7: what? I like that.
8: Yeah. What? No, he's gonna play. That is. Yeah. That is out there. This is see. You're, you're criticizing my opinion. I yeah. Am. Okay. Well, that's why you do it every year. You, you went outside the box. <laughs> I wasn't. Ex- I and wasn't and expecting it. it. So it
6: it been what about Kelly Rose? It would have been Kelly Rose if he wasn't it it been been Rosen. It was on the roster. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You better know that. <laughs> <laughs> he's still. He's still in the system. <laughs> he ain't he on this up, roster. Though? Nah. Nah.
8: My guy got done dirty. We gotta. We gotta talk to some people.
6: Okay, I'm going to go with one. Bernie uh, Federico talking about some of these players and and, and coming back to maybe some previous heights they had in their career. This made me think of a new one. Turning back the clock award. Who reaches back into their career and brings up some of that old school greatness and we see it on Mm -hmm. the ice again this year. Who's most likely to to pull it back and and play better than uh, maybe the the way they did two years ago when the Blues were, you know, 100 wins and the defense was playing really good. One person, Mm -hmm. isn't it?
8: There's only one person. I think it? there's multiple candidates Are you going to say
2: Jordan Bennington? Is that what you're Pareko. thinking? That's
8: oh, that'd be nice. I, this this is is what what I'm going Yes. Go Colton Pareko.
2: Colton Pareko. I yeah. think Colton Pareko is a great choice. Um I almost was going to say Justin Falk again. Is that okay if I say two people or I use mean, him yeah. twice? They're
6: different superlatives. So yeah, this is can his be 12th
2: season in the NHL, and he was mm-hmm. very frustrated, which they all were, of course, by the way things ended last year. I just feel like Justin Falk. I, this will be a really good season for him.
7: I'm, I'm gonna change falls. mine. Oh, okay. oh, oh,
8: oh,
7: oh. I'm going with Sonny. Oh, oh, oh.
2: Oh, oh, I like that one.
8: We don't have dude. this one on the list, so I didn't have to. No, we had to. Uh, I, I, to I, I, Carrie, I'm, like I'm, I'm keeping uh okay.
6: I'm keeping all the everyone's answers uh, uh, n- n- nice and easy. We asked uh, we asked. JR this question. I called it the golden gloves on the list. Who is going to be the best fighter for the Blues? Few and far between, but there's going to be a scrap that makes you say, okay, I like the, I like what this kid's got here. No more uh, Nadab, unfortunately, else he'd be the easy answer. So who's your answer for the best fighter no, for the Blues? An easy answer. Are you well, saying like now. getting the most guy, fights or guy, the better fighter? I say best fighter. Tyler
8: Tucker, okay. I, I like when that. You, I'm going to go Toro. Hmm. See, he, he
6: feels fiery. like a...
8: Yeah, man. Leave also, bro, this
6: is this is how you feel. Is best fighter to you the guy who
2: gets in the best fights? Or is it the guy who throws the hardest punches? I think Braden Shin is a great fighter. But I do understand with what JR was saying earlier that you don't necessarily want your captain taking those fights. But I think the way... His technique... I think he's a really, really good fighter. But... I think I might have to go with Tyler Tucker, too. I think he's not afraid of a fight. How about Toro. if we
7: do it in superlative fashion, most likely to get in a fight? There you go. Then Ooh, it's Braden Jordan
2: Bennington, then. Oh, oh. okay. Oh, whoopsies.
5: <laughs> yeah.
2: Toro
7: is six. six.
8: I mean, he, the, he the, reach, yeah. the reach. Yeah. The reach that one would have. Hey, I'm going
2: there. I want a Robert Thomas, Jordan, Kairou fight. Not fighting each other, of course, because mm-hmm. that would be terrible. Line I'm saying, brawl. like, I want just one fight. One after it. Yeah.
7: One each. I want each. it to be a line brawl. And I want him to knock Connor Bedard out. Whoa. What did that guy do to you? Get uh, Blackhawk. Yeah. Okay. And I can't put the bounty on him, so. <laughs>
6: <laughs> There's a couple young players, not as many as maybe you hoped, going into the preseason who are going to be on this roster. So keeping it under 23, because Robert Thomas is too easy as an answer if you raise it to 24. So keeping it at 23 or under, the young player of the year for the Blues. Mm.
2: Jake Neighbors.
6: Yes. Neighbors. I'm going with Jake yep. Neighbors.
2: I like Jake Neighbors and his game i just like the way that he goes about things even he calls himself like a throwback player essentially i think this will be a, a really good season for him and his growth can
6: i
8: go joel hofer of course you can please yeah, do yeah. I I guys, thank go. you yeah might not i mean you know how I many games 25 30 games but he will be a vital part of what's going on
2: you never know cd ah, you that's, never know that's that's broke. A, ah, all right. it's
6: got to <laughs> be 23 and under is
8: that our limit yeah that's the limit because he didn't want Rob Thomas. Yeah, in the, it's too
6: easy. Thomas is twenty four. It's too yeah. easy. <laughs> it's oh, Rob it. Thomas. And you get you get three or four candidates. And if you look, yeah. if you go to the I'm if you gonna, go to the minor league, there's another there's another couple candidates I'm, down there potentially. I'm gonna go with Hofer. You're gonna go with Hofer there. That yeah. makes sense. I think I think Joe Hofer's a, a, a pretty good pick. And well. we're gonna switch it over here quickly to some futures. Speaking of the goaltenders, um, I'm gonna go with over under on the Joe Hofer starts. We're gonna put it at thirty point five for Kerry Davis.
8: Ooh,
2: over thirty.
8: Oh, yep, over under thirty point five. Go gonna go thirty one. Mm. At twenty seven, twenty
2: eight
8: starts going under. All yes. right,
6: I'm Carrie's under. got
2: under. I think I'll do over.
6: Mm. Ooh, good. Well, I mean, you were you were predicting a, a, think a goalie I, controversy I earlier think, in the show, just, but you're you're see, stay consistent. You see more
2: goalie tandems now, and I just think that you you'll probably see Hofer a little bit, but I think that either way. Rooting for Jordan Bennington.
7: I'm going to guess that Binner plays 55 games, so that would give Hofer 27. So I'm going to go under. Everyone's going to go okay.
6: under. All right, fine. Except Speaking of Jordan Bennington, I'm going to go with over under for new Jordan Bennington rivalries that he establishes <laughs> this season. I'm going to go over under two and a half. Okay, right. so
7: this is beyond like the San Jose rivalry and the Colorado yes. rivalry. Yes,
6: yes. yes. Cad-
8: Cadre does not count in, in this go situation. Over. you, did you watched that
2: guy last year? <laughs>
7: He doesn't like anybody, and I like him because of it. I'm going to go under.
2: Really? Mm-hmm. Why? Why is that?
7: Because I think he's already got everybody in the league <laughs> as a rival. He,
8: Randy, he strikes me as a guy that, you know, thrives on anger and yes. not liking people. And if you have to make something up in your brain to— Get you fired up yeah i'm with it
2: i wouldn't be surprised if he like turns it to kind of what jack flaherty did where he puts out like a joker video oh, yeah, he likes fun. that he embraces the villain mentality it
7: really worked well for flaherty
2: oh, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> so don't do that how about that <laughs>
7: how about that
2: <laughs> what's another villain he can emulate
8: Does tommy fam just
6: have, no. a stat, have, have, your stats, have your stats ready at all no, times. No, no, whenever no. the whenever the media is there, does the, to some does, people he does was. the
8: rivalry uh, have to be an opposing team in player? No, I didn't say there that. There you go. All right,
7: over. Okay, over. <laughs> yeah, over. <laughs>
8: yeah. Okay, yeah.
6: over. Everyone's taking the over. Tory Krug started games over under forty point five.
7: So this is not like starting on the ice, but just being in the, line yes, being in the lineup. Yes, being in the lineup. Yes. With the over under 45? Forty point five. A uh, way over. You said Krug? I'm
2: gonna say. Over.
7: And that's
6: for got, the Blues, mean, not for the whole season, yeah, not, not, not overall. You gotta
8: say over. I mm-hmm. mean, if what, what are we, what are we doing here? Yeah. If he's, uh, come on, come
7: on. All right. Yep. Sixty-five.
6: And my final one here: Doug Armstrong in-season press conferences, zero mm. point five over under. Mm. Over.
2: It's gonna be over. All
6: right. Yeah, one point five. You didn't wanna. Keep it that, Are you nah, just hoping I'm, I'm just that, that about, things I'm just talking about I'm well? just talking about the b- big press conferences, the big in-season ones. Like we got, we got one of them. We got, you know, one. Pretty much a big one last year. I'm just saying. Do we get a? Do we, we get, get a multiple. big? Do we get a big yeah, Doug
7: Armstrong? Everything's yeah. falling down. You know, if you're saying they're going to trade Krug, that's one right there. I didn't say they were. I
6: was asking you. I was asking you if oh, they might.
7: Okay. Or maybe Scott Prunovich. So, or
6: maybe Scott Prunovich gets that ten-game stretch that Jamie Rivers is talking about and establishes himself on the power play. And now all of a sudden, maybe you keep on playing the young
7: guy. I'm going to bet the over because I can't remember a year where Army didn't have a press conference. <laughs> He's the also season. doing. He
2: a said. lot
6: more yeah. like he did three different like big ones here in the preseason right. which i like like we said we, we like the honesty we like when the blues are coming out and talking to the fans and hopefully they're a little bit more positive this yeah. time maybe they're not doom and gloom as last time
2: well i mean he kind of needed to address some things that happened yeah. this you past no season.
6: hey we've been true sometimes oh, you don't okay. need to address it brooke you can just let it keep happening and let everyone wonder hey what's what the hell's going on down there
7: we should have we should do a segment someday for favorite all-time doug armstrong press conference
2: Ooh. Yes,
7: yeah. last year's when uh, he said, "I told the players the coach isn't going anywhere." That was a pretty, <laughs> oh. good, that, that was a pretty good one. Yeah, I, like yeah. That one.
2: I have two very important updates on nicknames. Okay, so Darth Bennington—that can be Ooh, his villain—and then yeah. Bucci's babies.
6: Babies, Bucci's, <laughs> Bucci's babies. No. Do you want to come on? Here? Brooke, shelf. Do you want to come on mute, air and say mute, I mute, am mute. the proud CEO and spokesperson no. for Bucci's babies? No. Is that a statement no. you want to make on the air? Yeah, I, I, okay. I, I just, no. I just imagine uh, just trying to explain know. that to Paul nah. Bucci. That's, that's the only line he needs to cross. If Brooke's okay with saying I am the
8: proud. <laughs> Nah, chairperson of Boo Babies. I won't be able to we join, go. I can join uh, the Nutty Neuters of new Nation. I can't join. But we're going. Babies.
2: We're going Goo Goo Gaga over.
8: Oh
5: That'd
7: be like having a fan club called Cromarty's Kids. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm okay. I'll, yeah. I'll sit down. Uh, so. <laughs>
6: Maybe that, was, that
7: was. I don't like any good, any Antonio Cromartie joke. Always has It always, it always plays. Yeah. And never forget, folks. Never forget.
6: Do you like? Is there any other one that? You drop enters the, the conversation
7: for you. I think this is Secretary at the Belmont. Yeah. Yeah. myself. Yeah, it's lasted for a long time too. I think that was 2013 or 14.
6: He <laughs> openly talked about
7: murder, murder strategies. <laughs> yes. uh-huh. Murder.
6: What else do you want from a GM?
7: That's what you want. You want that from every GM in town. Take notes, John. Yeah, yeah, take notes. (laughs) Uh, We've got rock and roll headed down the stretch here of the opening drive on 101 ESPN.
1: You're back to
4: the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.
7: Uh, First of all, it's sunshine and lollipops. But we get a text from the 314 Everything for Blues is sunshine and rainbows and lollipops, and the Cards, they're the worst team in all history of all of sports.
8: <laughs> sunshine. It's almost like... Mm, never saw the 0-16 Detroit like Lions play, huh? Context. <laughs> no. They, they were pretty bad. Just,
6: like, so they're, they're mad that everything about the Cardinals is negative and that we're having some positivity about the Blues. It's almost like one
7: of them just finished a season, and the other one's about to start one. Mm. So I can't believe you guys are happy for third place. That seems crazy. Mm. Seems like finishing in third worked out okay in 2019. It did. Just
8: get in the playoffs, man.
2: Get in the tournament. we are about everything yeah.
7: else later. Yeah.
2: Exactly. So, yeah,
7: I, I'm, I'm just excited about having a good season.
2: Why wouldn't you be excited about hockey season starting? I don't know. I don't, I don't get it. Maybe you're,
7: as Goose Gossage would call him, a negative blanker blanker.
2: <laughs> <laughs> negative Nancy,
6: blanker Debbie blanker, Downer.
5: Yeah. No. No. Well, I just, I just think
6: sometimes we, we run into it, and I and I, and I saw we saw this a lot around the reporting around that Arenado story to, to to the Dodgers, which mm-hmm. is more and more people just yell and say, "Oh no, why are you talking about this? This is dumb. This isn't real." When they simply just don't like the facts in a story, they just don't want you to talk about it because okay. they don't mm-hmm. like the facts in a story, and that's we've gotten multiple ones where it's like, "Why are you guys talking so negatively about the Cardinals? It's, Do you want us to fabricate something that's that's not that's?" not true just to be flowery and positive like this is the reality of the situation what else do you want from us it's Uh, a weird it's a weird thing for me i don't pay attention to what people say a lot of
2: people just like being angry honestly (laughs) well i get that just people
8: i don't pay give too much you know i don't pay too much attention to it i don't care all right, Kerry, mm-hmm. there's a lot of things
6: I shouldn't pay attention to, but I do. Like uh, ESPN's coverage of one of my favorite sports, and that is the National Basketball League. And they they decided to throw two things out Thank there that I, I made me want to tear my hair out, and that was one. Chris Broussard came out and said that if he was Don't starting a team... Hair. Why? It's too good. All right, fine. I'll I'll figure something else out. Um, Chris Broussard came out and said if he was starting a team right now, he would take Victor Wemba Yana over Giannis Antetokounmpo because just when it comes down to being a more dominant player, Wembanyama can do it in all facets of the game. Where he, but where I don't really know about Giannis. This <laughs> is the guy that scored. This guy that scored like 50 in a game-clinching Game 6 in the NBA Finals, but you want the rookie who's 7'4 and you haven't seen play one single time yet. And then they capped it off by putting out a player rankings um, for... The NBA this year and while I love Giannis, they put him number one and they put Jokic two. I'm just very confused about what's going on in the meeting rooms right now at, at the at the global leader when it comes to talking about NBA. I don't get a Broussard, carryout, I think works for F
7: S one, right? he works for F S one now?
6: Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's a, the problem. Here's the yeah. thing.
8: I, I mean, I don't have a problem. Again, rankings are rankings. I, I wouldn't take Victor Wimanyama over over Giannis. I mean he hasn't actually played a game as you said. I would take Giannis over Jokic. Oh, don't let your computer <laughs> fall. That was crazy. Uh, I would take Victor. I would take uh, Giannis over Jokic because I, I mean, other than the free throws, man, I, I'm, I'm gonna take Giannis over pretty much everybody because he's he's a he's a different kind of cat. Yeah, it's a special
2: cat. I'm not yeah, going to take Victor really
7: Wembanyama over anybody before I see him see play. See him?
2: That's that is kind of confusing. Was yeah. there any re- other reasoning behind it, or just? I think. I mean, I mean, they
6: Fall. were trying to make a. They were trying to install. this. Okay. People saying, people being mad that it's a dumb take, and people reacting to that. It wasn't. I mean, it wasn't a good take from Broussard. He just he was talking about how Giannis has certain parts of his game where he's limited, and Wembanyama has the entire range in front of him, and that's what changes it.
7: You could I'd, be on like, a show with Skip Bayless and have the best take though.
2: Oh. <laughs> Skip then, or,
7: I don't think so. Fair uh, enough. Fair enough. How? Speaking of tall, what about Taco Fall?
2: Whatever happened to him? Did I mean that high, taco, translate? Taco Fall. I haven't heard Taco Fall in a long That's what time. I'm that was a good call, <laughs> my bro. Is he 7'6 six? Is he what?
7: Was he seven six or is he I remember seeing no.
2: him in person. He was, seven, person. He was yes. massive. Okay, wow. let's see.
6: By the way, the, the tallest players in the NBA haven't exactly been the best. Sean yes. Bradley
5: mm-hmm.
2: got, seven, clowned, six. got
6: clowned a Yao lot. Ming. Yao Ming got dunked on by seven, uh, Allen Iverson. Yeah. Seven six. Banyana is
2: seven foot four. Or is he seven foot three? Not that it matters, it doesn't but doesn't matter.
6: Um, this actually just got passed along to me by uh, Mike Ryder. We we missed this because obviously part of our show overlaps with our good friend Michelle Smallman uh, with Evan Cohen and Chris Canty on, uh, on Sportsmanlike on ESPN. You can hear the first two hours every morning from 5am to 7am right here on 101 ESPN. They actually had Adam Wainwright on uh, this morning and he gave a great answer about the Cardinals kind of attracting free agents and why, why the Cardinals' consistency has been so important over the last few years if you want to get back to why we have different expectations for the the Blues and the Cardinals.
10: Well, the organization, you know, there's there's so much that they poured into us. They, they teach the players. You know, they, they, I think Yachty had some incredible instruction growing up from his dad and his brothers, obviously. But, you know, he gets over to St. Louis and Dave Ricketts and some other amazing people really poured into him. Jose Aquindo pours into him. Tony LaRusa pours into him. You know, I, I, I get over to the St. Louis Cardinals and Dave Duncan and Tony LaRusa and and George Kissel and all these legendary names that that maybe not everyone knows George Kissel's name or Dave Ricketts' name, but these are in in Jose Okindo. these are incredible teachers of the game, and the and the game that they were taught was passed down to them. And that's I think the cardinal way what you're talking about. And it's probably like this in a lot of organizations or some organizations at least, but the winning organizations. They have systems that they pass down, and they have traditions that they pass down. And the Cardinals, is the best leaders exist to replace themselves. And so when I'm sitting next to a young pitcher in the locker room, and I see him messing up, I say, hey, buddy, let me tell you. Let me show you the way. Follow me. Watch what I do.
7: Adam Wainwright this morning on unsportsmanlike on uh, none of those names exist anymore in the Cardinals. Oh, well, Okendo okay, yeah. does, but the Cardinals don't have. <laughs> but he's
2: in Palm Beach. Right? right.
7: Cardinals don't have a catching instructor. Uh, Dave Ricketts was that guy. So the, the Cardinal way has kind of gone the way of the dodo bird, which I think <laughs> is they didn't extinct. Exist.
2: I remember yeah. learning about that bird in first grade and just yeah. being like, "Just this is the weirdest story ever. It was. But it that went was a extinct, great comparison. right? Yeah. yeah. You don't want to become extinct. Yeah. Whatsoever. Yeah, the Cardinal Way
7: kind of exists in uh, Baltimore, actually. Who
2: carries in other the, organizations,
7: who carries the Cardinal Way forward?
8: Who, who's the uh, the one that's going to carry that flag going forward? From, from I couldn't yeah. tell you. That's oh, a great question. I'm serious. I mean, because you
2: because it could be player, front office, could be Bill Dewitt the third. Who is the, who is? You
8: know. I think it's a player. Like when I think you, when you look at the the Patriots, they lost the Patriot Way when Tom Brady left. Mm-hmm. So who is the player? that carries that 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 standard going for I feel like Pittsburgh kind of lost it a little bit at some point. They they haven't you know have that guy Pittsburgh Steelers. Like you have to have guys as as
7: as Adam just said that re, that replace the guy when he when he leaves. And I think it's hard. This is no affront to anybody, but it's hard if you didn't grow up with the birds on the bat. And mm-hmm. that's not your only culture. Like for Goldie, Goldie would be the perfect example, but it's hard for a guy who never spent a day in the cardinal minor League system to know what the cardinal minor League system is like.
2: No. Well, uh, hmm. that, that is a really good question. Is I it, think that it would have to be, all, I know that you said player, but I think it would have to be Alain Marmal because he's been through the Cardinals organization. Mm-hmm. He would be the one that would have to really hammer home the expectations of the Cardinals way. But then he
7: needs some help from the front office, right? Lars?
2: Yes. He's still... I feel like kind of early on in all this, but Tommy I think Edmund. it does say a lot. Yeah, Tommy, Tommy, yeah. Yeah. I think it does say a lot that they keep mentioning that Lars Newbar is a part of their future mm-hmm. and what at least they're looking forward to to next season. So maybe they do see him carrying that on in some way.
7: Yeah. I don't
8: know. It's well, gonna be interesting. Th- to th- see things what change. Twenty four looks like.
7: Yeah, and at the end of the day, when you look at what the winning teams are doing now. It's kind of different than what the Cardinals did this year.
8: Mm-hmm. I love it. But the winning part? Yeah. yeah.
7: Okay.
6: One final thing. I need uh point project point total projections for the 2023-2024 St. Louis
8: Blues from all three of you. Oh. Oh. What did they have last year? 80. 80. 80. Ooh, let's go ninety.
2: Who was it that said ninety the other day? Was that uh, um,
6: John Kelly feeling very good about this year's Blues? Said ninety-five to hundred if everything clicks like defensively. I'm gonna, I'm
2: gonna say, and, and
6: he's he like Bernie, very big on this top line of Thomas, yes. Kyru, and Boots, just killing it this year. I'm
2: gonna say eighty or ninety. I'm gonna go with ninety. Ninety. How about that? I, how about that? I'm being sunshine. You can have whatever
6: number you want, Carrie.
8: I know, but I'm I'm you can trying have to think whatever number realistic. you want. Let's say ninety-two.
2: Ninety-two. Ew. Oh, we're being we're being.
8: We are sunshine lollipops.
2: sunshine lollipops. Well, it's the it's the first day of the season. I want to I'm be sunshine They were 81 points last
7: year. I'm going to go 97.
2: Woo! Wow! 97.
7: Last year took a uh, hundred. It would have taken 96 to be in third place in the division, and I think they are a third place team. And I don't think that their division mates are that great. Winnipeg, Nashville, Arizona, Chicago. I think that they can. Not beat up on those teams, but I think they can succeed against those teams to the level where they can get 97 points. That's All what I'm going with. You heard it here first. Blues at least get 90. Yep. No doubt about it. Make it happen. Yeah. Thank you, Matthew. Pleasure. Pleasure. That's our producer and audio engineer, Matthew Rocchio. Uh, Brooke, this was fun.
4: Yes.
1: How about that? How about that? How about that? TD.
7: <laughs> <CD>. That's
1: <laughs> your face. We want to see
7: your face.
1: Who said that? You
4: want to see my face?
7: we thank you for tuning in, texting in, and being a part of the show. Don't forget Blues and Stars tonight, pregame at 6, here on 101 ESPN. And Chris Kerber and Joe Vitale will have the call for you at 7. For all of us, until tomorrow morning at 7, have a great Friday Eve, everyone. That's right.
1: You've been listening to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101
4: ESPN and ESPN.com. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.